So I don't know if you saw yesterday. Obviously, we've got it's March, a lot of uh, college basketball. We had the conference uh, tournaments wrapping up yesterday. I don't know if you saw the photographer pulling off the swim move on the security guard to go get his winning shot. Pat McAfee tweeted it out, the video. Basically, at the end of uh, one of the games, it wasn't the Big Ten Championship, it was one of the other games. Uh, So a photographer in the end zone Really wanted to go and get the shot of the team crowding around in the uh, on the bench, but the security guard was uh, shuffling, trying to get him out of the way. And uh, the photographer gave him a one-two shimmy, did a spin move, and ran around him all the way to the bench. Got a shot for about three seconds before being put in a chokehold. <laughs> I did not. And, I uh, did not see this. Yeah, it's it's you definitely got to go check the video out. It was um, it was impressive, and you know the the photo- sometimes. You just gotta do what you what you can hey, to get you the know, shot. But yeah, it was. You're a media guy. Sometimes you gotta get the shot. You gotta take. You can get tackled and go home with bruises. But as you're editing the final package together, you got the shot. Yeah, and you know, I, I think it was probably only three seconds, but it was just enough for him to get what he needed. Um, look, those scrums, especially at the end of games, can get really intense with you know 50 media members hovering around and everyone trying to get the best shot. But obviously now with all the COVID stuff. Uh, it's hard to get any of those. Uh, you're not allowed in. I mean, I'm sure he was well uh, out of bounds for uh, for going onto the court and getting the shot in the first place. Um, the chokehold seemed a bit excessive afterwards, but nonetheless, it, the, the spin move was hilarious. So. <laughs> you, well, if you get embarrassed on a spin move, you gotta then you you that you gotta then like take that threat seriously and then go in with a chokehold. He took it a, a notch above. I gotta He's watch like, this. I'm not going to get embarrassed by this 20-some-year-old. Yeah, I know. I so. got to find this. McAfee tweeted out. I, I follow McAfee, obviously, yeah. so I'll have, to, I'll have to check that out. That's that's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, awesome. he pointed out the spin move. It's hard to see it first. You got to check in can the right I just side say, of, the, of the shot. Really quick, before we get started here, then, can I just say I have a couple March Madness thoughts, and I just want to listen. This is coming from a guy who only starts watching college basketball in the last weekend of February and the first weekend of March in the co- basically conference tournaments, and then on. Sure. I firmly believe the Big Ten has a huge advantage in the fact that they've Absolutely. been in Indy and playing in that stadium already. So Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, I, I, would, I honestly feel one of those teams is going to win it all. I really do. I think that's going to be a huge yeah. advantage when it comes down to it. Actually, being I've been in Indy, I bet they're staying in the same hotel rooms, and I bet they're just going to be there, already in the time zones, already used to everything, the hallways, the the gyms. The, the, I, I think for some reason I got a feeling well, that's going to play. Familiarity helps. Yeah, I, have a, I just know, got it, a feeling. So I was putting that out there. Yeah. I hate Iowa. I hope it's not Iowa. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big Illinois guy. I don't get what, the, what's, what, what all the Iowa hate comes from. I mean, obviously, I have somewhat of a soft spot having covered them no, for I just a few always, years. My, uh, well, you know, I, I do. If I were to lean one way, I'd probably lean Illinois. But um, And Illinois is just a better team. I think yeah. it's pretty obvious they are. They are. I mean, they, they've beat them head-to-head. They've proven it. And on top of it, when you got guys – you know, a guy like Georgie Bashanishvili, I know we're getting out of uh, – uh, off topic here. A but bit, if he's but, your backup uh, center. But Georgie was, yeah, if he's your backup. I mean, last year he was a starter, yeah. you know, or, or a couple years ago, too. 
Um, if he's your backup, you're in good hands, and you know they've they've got a good ball club. I agree. Big Ten is definitely at the forefront. Big Twelve as well. I like and Texas. Then pretty much everyone else. I like you know um, me and my Texas love. Oh yeah. Uh, so you know, Gonzaga and Baylor, I just, obviously. But. I want that nugget out there that I've been sitting on this. I think I tweeted it out like three or four days ago, like during the Big Ten Conference today. I, I don't know if anyone else has that has had that take for. I'm not claiming that it's my take, but I'm just saying it's a nugget, and I like it. Absolutely. No, it's an important uh, factor. You know, they, they don't have to travel very far. You know? yeah, so yeah, exactly. that, that definitely helps. That is definitely, uh, you know, a big plus. All right, welcome into the Football Lounge as we continue through the offseason moves. We are just two days away, Mark, from the official new league year. But, of course, the tampering period has begun, which means over the next day day or so, teams can start talking to agents and kind of putting some, uh, you know, words in the ears of GMs and various uh, people throughout the league. And then, of course, March 17th, we expect everything to just blow up. But we've had some moves already. So we'll kind of start in, in some of these recent moves. We'll talk about the Drew Brees retirement, what it means for the league, his legacy, all of that. And then we will end the show, which will basically be the vast majority of the show, giving our top 10 quarterbacks of all time. And we'll see where Drew Brees ranks within that list, if he does at all. So I want to quickly say, obviously, for anyone listening right now, we're, we just started recording. It's like 3.30 Central time here on, on Monday the 15th. So... There's going to be moves made over the next couple hours and tomorrow, and that's why we're not getting to them. As of right now, I mean, I think the big one, I think we wanted to start with the both was over the weekend, obviously Mahomes kind of learning from Brady and taking the page out of the Brady book, the GOAT book of, hey, the reason why you take that long-term deal, the reason why you take that, you know, those many years is you can defer money, you can rework that contract, they convert money into a signing bonus, Brady kind of did the same thing, extended those weird void years, extended, and then obviously the Bucks getting Shaq Barrett, uh, signing the four-year deal. You know, when you look at these big numbers, it's $72 million total. Really, everything that we've now learned, especially with the cap and talking so much about the cap recently, Dan, it's the guarantees, right? That's what you really have to yeah. look at. And for a, a premier pass rusher, uh, $36 million guaranteed, it, it seems like that's a – that's a, a really nice hometown discount. He's getting a, that's a lot of money, and for a guy who just certainly earned it. But it still seems like that's a guy who's more also just committed to being in Tampa and be and playing in that system. Because there's no way you could tell me that Shaq Barrett couldn't have gotten another ten, maybe twelve million, even more dollars guaranteed on the open market. It's the Tom Brady effect, and the you know winning a Super Bowl that definitely helps. I mean. I agree. He could have gotten more money out on the open market. There were plenty of teams. Uh, you know, pass rushers are at a premium now in the NFL. If you can't get after the quarterback, you're going to have a tough job winning any football games in the NFL. So uh, Shaq Barrett being one of the best in the league, a veteran now, yeah. uh, well-established, that that was huge for them to lock him up. They get Levante David back. They still have Devin White. I mean, the best linebacker core in the league by far stays intact. Huge move. And, you know, clearly winning was important to him. Staying in Tampa, uh, you know, there's a lot going for you there. So if you sacrifice a few mil, no big deal, especially when it factors in, you know, no income tax in, in Florida. So, yep. you know, the few mil you're getting less actually uh, will be going right in your pocket instead of, uh, you know. Well, and you know what? So and and let's just be honest. It's kind of one of those things, too, where it's hard, dude. I mean, this is one of those timing matters, and you hit free agency the year 
that the cap goes from 198 to 182. I mean, it dropped right. $16 yep. million. And I know the cap is going to go back up, but it may not go back up to 198 next year. Like, there's still going to be teams that are not at full capacity fans. I mean, it's one of the main reasons why the cap went down is all that ticket money revenue lost. So there's, you know, that's one of those things where the cap may not be back to $200 million where it was until 2023, 2024. Like, I mean, so it's you're going to see teams continue to be creative with this. Um yeah, I mean, obviously for the for the Bucks, it's a huge win. Uh, the Bucks, uh, the Bucks are starting to seem like the type of team where it's like, wait, they leg- like they legitimately could be better next year. Like, like honestly, oh, easily, any- yes. And I don't think anyone's worried about Brady and like a decline. You know what I mean? Like his, it seems like his decline is. It, it was going like, oh, he's only declining like five percent every year, and then last year he went back up to like. 80% of Brady in his prime to where it's like, even if he declines back to 75% of Brady in his prime, it's like, that's still a top five quarterback in this league. It. Yeah. So, you know, with the full offseason and everything like that, you know, it's a fascinating number. But then, conversely, I do also think the Brady effect, obviously, is what we got to talk about next. You know, New England is coming out guns to blazing, and I think a lot of this has to do with Tom Brady, but I also think a lot of it has to do with Bill Belichick you know, when you save money on the quarterback, you have money to spend. They had money. They sure. had guys coming back. And I also think this part of it is, listen, Bill is a guy that is, uh, I, I, I think he took this past year, I think this shows he's taking this past year really tough and losing and not being in the playoffs and wanting to, you know, show that, hey, I need players and what I, as long as I have talent and guys who are bought in, I can I can make playoff runs and, and and I mean, dude, let's go through it. I mean, it starts obviously with the, I think the most important signing is they finally got a, a legitimate offensive weapon that you have to be concerned about in a guy in Johnny Smith. Yeah, they signed Johnny Smith uh, to a long term deal uh, out of the Tennessee Titans or the former Tennessee Titan, I should say, and you know he obviously. Uh, you know, burst onto the scene this past year, given the absence of Delaney Walker, because he uh, opted out uh, due to COVID-19. So, yeah. you know, John New Smith really got his opportunity. And, uh, you know, he was certainly one of the better uh, tight ends in the league, uh, you know, especially if you think about just a red zone threat and, uh, you know, ability to make plays in the intermediate portion of the field. Uh, John New Smith, a very talented young uh, tight end, four-year, $50 million deal that includes 31.25 fully guaranteed. And uh, this is a move that's uncharacteristic for the Patriots. And as you mentioned, you know, there's some pressure there. You know, last year didn't go the way Bill Belichick wanted, even though they had to anticipate they were going to have a down year. Um, but it's still, you know, for someone who expects to make the playoffs, that that was obviously not, not what they were able to do. And I apologize right now as uh, they decide to mow the lawn outside of my window here. So if there's it's some right. voice in the background, that's I, I can't do anything about it. But no, listen, uh, yeah, hey, you know, this is this is where we do. We, we get, need to get you into a studio here. Uh, I know. But, I know. I got to get what, a studio soon. But, you know, Cam needed a target. That was obvious. I mean, Nikhil yeah. Harry was not getting it done and no one else. So uh, and this what? is a big, big move. For a tight end, tight ends now, you can't think like they are guys who tight ends and wide receivers contracts are going up as running back contracts are going down. Now, obviously, Aaron Jones signed a good contract. 
It's a good it's good money to pay, but Aaron Jones is a really good player. And I think that Aaron I like the Aaron Jones contract a lot because it's like that's a really valuable guy to a run-centric offense with a run-centric coach who's had less mm-hmm. carries and it's a less big deal. It's not like he reset the market. It's not like he was at the top of the market or anything like that. It's a really quality deal for a really, really good running back being paid what he deserves. And for a guy like Jonu Smith, it feels almost similar. Jonu Smith, you know, he's not the name of a Travis Kelsey, but tight end importance is going up. The, t- the New England Patriots, when they were great, tight ends were always a really big part of their offense. And uh, I, I really like this move for New England. And they needed weapons, so they knew they were going to have to maybe overpay a little bit. But, you know, what did they really overpay with? You know, 11, you know, like $12 million a year for a starting tight end. That's not – that doesn't seem crazy to me. You know what I mean? Like, if that's, mm-hmm. a, if no. that's a starting tight end and a real contributor, not like a blocking tight end, that doesn't seem crazy. Uh, the other moves, you know, New England obviously gets the nose tackle from – uh, from the Dolphins. I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. Yeah, it's uh, like Devon Godshaw or something Godshow, like that. I don't Godshow. know how to pronounce uh, they could needed be depth the, They needed depth at the D-tackle, uh, and, and so that's obviously a move, uh, you know, a move for them being aggressive. And then they go out, and Matthew Judon, I think, is a big signing at $32 million guaranteed, four-year, $56 yes. million for the linebacker, the former Raven. And this is one of those signings, too, that – it's almost atypical. Bill Belichick usually lets guys go after they have a really big season and get a big payday somewhere else. Right now, he's signing, you know, multiple guys who had really good years and are looking for a payday, and he's paying them. But I also think it just yeah. goes to show the desperation of New England. They have a ton of money to spend. They have a ton of draft picks. And at this point, if you're Bill Belichick, you know quarterback is a weakness right now, and and it's not the strength of your team. So he is going to try to make every other aspect of his team as strong as possible. And Matthew Judon is a very good player. Um, and, and, you know, mm-hmm. for Baltimore to let him go, I mean, you're a guy who's an AFC North division guy. For him to not be in that division anymore, that's a win for you. So Absolutely. It, it's a little yeah. bit of that, you know, it's one of those moves like, hey, if the enemy of my enemy is happy that this guy is, le- you know what I mean? Like why you've heard all the reports of the, the Michael Brock, some of the, the guys, the D linemen in, in the uh, NFC West all saying, you know, they want Russell Wilson to get traded. Well, yeah, duh. They all want, you know, if yeah. you can get a guy out of the, out of your division, that's huge, you know, and, and, and you can, and you notice here, they're poaching from uh, Tennessee, Miami, Baltimore, all competitors in the AFC, you know, so that, that's true. something that's uh, that that's helpful too. If they can pull some pieces from all of these different teams that they may yeah. very likely see in the playoffs, uh, you know, that's another uh, you know thing to factor in as well. And then obviously the cornerback uh, Jalen Mills, uh, they they just signed him as well, the DB uh, from the uh, from the Eagles, the Eagles. four yep. year, twenty four million, but again, only nine million guaranteed. And uh, for Bill Belichick, you know, he always makes his corners better. He's a guy that, you know, the defensive backs are his specialty within defense. And so if you can get a guy who you think is going to come in as a starter and, again, $9 million guaranteed to give you really great depth or to be a starter on your uh, 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 as a defensive back, I mean, that's that's huge as well. Uh, you know, I overall, again, for the Patriots – this is a little shocking because it's Bill Belichick and they're spending in free agency. But 
you know, I, we, we said they have the money to spend. They they clearly feel like the quarterback issue is, you know, it's not solvable necessarily from everything they're trying to be doing. Then You know, they're not going to get a Deshaun Watson. They're not going to get a Russell Wilson. They're going with Cam, and they're going to try and put as many great pieces around Cam as possible uh, to compete for a playoff spot next year. So, overall right now, instant reaction I like what New England does. I don't. I'm not loving it. I don't love spending huge money for agency. It's it's it. It seems like it's it's uh, it's very hit or miss. Uh, like I, you know, I was one of those guys who was really pumped about spending seventy million dollars on Robert Quinn to only get five, two sacks in fifteen games. So it's it's just it can be you know a Trey Burton for the my Bears big tight end signing. Oh. He's he just was part of Philly special and he's gonna change the tight end position. Here we are later. They already had to re-sign Jimmy Grant and draft another tight end. Like it's free agency can be great. It can be devastating. And uh, I, for some reason, though, I do feel a little bit more positive because they're going into a Patriots team with a head coach and a system in Bill Belichick that you know he makes he makes walk-ons look great. So high price free agents. I don't necessarily think they're gonna bomb in New England, but Rarely do these guys ever necessarily meet their full contract potential. Right, yeah. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of just one of those situations where it was a long time coming for New England. This is by far their, you know, biggest spending free agency splurge in a decade. Um, and, you know, there's a reason for that. Obviously, they've they've lost key pieces over the past few years. And um, they're in a position now where they, as you mentioned, they have a lot of money. They just... They're in a they're at a point where they they need to get more pieces on this team. Period. So I think for them to go out and get guys and you know spend whatever money money they see fit, I I don't see it as a negative. I think that uh, for them to stay relevant and stay in this thing, this is what they have to do because they and and they have a lot of draft picks too. So you know we could definitely see them drafting up to get you know maybe some more second rounders and third rounders. Uh, but I believe they have 12 draft picks this year. I mean, that's a lot of capital. Yeah. Uh, they need to build a team, you know, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if they make another splash here, get a Kenny Galladay or something like well, that. Uh, they need to get a receiver. Or uh, if, or, or they're, or they're preparing to move up in the, you know, if you sign free agents and fill some holes that way and you have all these draft picks, it also could point to me that, you know, that new England is going to make a big trade up in the draft, either for yeah. a quarterback or a wide receiver. Maybe they're going to do something like that as well. Uh, Dan, the only Very other easy. move that I'm noticing here, it, like literally has happened within since we've almost been recording, Chiefs are giving former pa uh, Patriots O-lineman Joe Thune a five-year, $80 million deal. Um, Huge. Uh, pretty much $48 million of that guaranteed. Um, and Thune's a great offensive lineman. They need offensive lineman depth, and you're going to see the – uh, the fact that this is a five-year deal, I think, is the bigger mo m number on this because, again, spreading that money over the five years in the cap and is a guy that you hope can come in and fill one of those tackle spots, and he certainly will as a great uh, offensive lineman. And probably one of those things now you're going to see New England have to really figure out, hey, we got to get someone on We got to get. We got to work on offensive line again. Yeah, 100%. I mean, they let Mitchell Schwartz go. They let um, Fisher. You know, Eric Fisher go. And then those are two really, really quality tackles. We'll see if they kick Tooney out. I mean, I know he's he's played guard. I, I don't know. I, I think he's played both positions. 
Uh, he certainly has the size to where he can uh, probably kick out to one of those spots. But regardless, they needed resources along that entire offensive line. I think they're going to probably lose their center, too. I mean, there's they may very well have an entirely new five-man starting lineup on that front next year. And if you want to build a dynasty, you got to have two lines. you got to have the O-line and the D-line uh, to really be able to make those pushes late in the offseason or in the uh, postseason. So... This is a start here for Kansas City to get in that direction with how deep of a tackle class it is. They'll probably draft a tackle in the first round, uh, albeit at the very end. And, um, you know, maybe they'll start building that way. We know they have all the pieces set at the skill positions and other things like that. So I still expect big move for the Chiefs. I still expect them to make more offensive line free agent veteran moves. Uh, They just they just can't afford not to. And but I do fully expect them also to draft depth in the offensive line. And you know, Kansas City's one of those teams where I, I'm not I'm not worried about them because they have Patrick Mahomes, they have Andy Reid, they have Travis Kelsey, they have Tyree Kill. But you're absolutely right in the sense where the one thing that can quickly uh that could quickly make this kind of fall apart for the Chiefs is a bad all of a sudden a bad offensive line. And it no one was no one was expecting Fisher to t- tear his Achilles. Like those are things that or or Schwartz, a guy who had been historically very healthy, to have just one of those years where he can't stay healthy. And, and a lot of times, these big body offensive linemen, soon as those injuries become nagging or it's a major one, they're rarely ever the same in that way. And so we'll see. They they got to retool and rebuild, and uh, it, that that's a real crucial unit for them. Uh, Dan, we'll, yeah, uh, we'll go back absolutely. and we'll check Shefty's Twitter by the end of the show just to make sure we're not missing anything else. But um, I, I think, you know, I, I, we, unless you got anything else, I think we could definitely jump in at this point. The fact that no, the, let's the biggest, go into the big, uh, you know, big news, big news. Yeah. Drew Brees retires. Uh, you know, we had kind of jokingly been saying, like, when the hell is he going to announce he's going to retire? <laughs> right. And I, it started to always getting to the point where it's like speculation is like he could be coming back. And, you know, I saw some workout clips or whatever. There was some TMZ type stuff. And um, I didn't really buy it. But then once he actually retired on the day that it was like the 15-year anniversary of him signing, you start to say, oh, yeah. okay, that was planned. And that's uh, the the great video with his kids and everything. Uh, but, of course, it all made sense. Of course, it yeah. makes you a jump into right away then like, okay, well, where does Drew Brees land? And this is one of those things that, We've been talking about doing for a long time, you know, since we started the show, and it, this was a perfect example for us uh, to start with. Can I quickly say this though before we get into the list? Mm-hmm. I I, I want to say this: the word, the only person who should be really mad about Drew Brees retiring is Philip Rivers, uh, because I <laughs> I really think, and I we we beat the Philip Rivers discussion into a pulp, but I will say this again. This also should guarantee that Phil Rivers is not a first ballot Hall of Famer because this is not a Ray Lewis Erlacher retiring at the same year where it's like, can we have two great linebackers? Erlacher deserved to be a first ballot Hall of Famer just as much as sure. Ray Lewis, even though Ray Lewis, you know, it would have been like if Breeze and Brady, Ray Lewis is better on the all time yeah. list, but Erlacher yeah. still it would have been like if Breeze you know. and Brady both retired this year. They both would have been first ballot Hall of Famers. You know what I mean? But right, for a right. guy like Rivers, who you could argue is a is borderline, or if he's even in the Hall of Fame, I think he is. And you know my thought: he's a. I think he should be a second ballot guy or a third ballot guy, and then he should be the mark. We don't have to get into that again. But I just was laughing. I was like, 
This is even I, I this is even more of a reason <laughs> his why his best chance was to not have Drew was to just be the only one that retired. Yeah, and kind of like, yeah. hey, if I had like the class to myself, maybe I had a real chance. But now Drew will definitely be the the key of this class. And then you could say, but I think it's more fuel to the the, the storyline of this is why Rivers is not a first ballot Hall of Famer, and there is something to, hey, Hall of Famer is Hall of Famer, but. First ballot is a little extra shine on the bust. You know what I mean? It's that it little absolutely extra. absolutely is, yes. So, yep. um, all right, let's get into it, it. It shows people that there was zero doubt, absolutely. So, you know, I think that's, the way we for should, what that's worth. I think the way, Dan, I, I think the way we should do this is, um, I don't know your list. You don't know my list. I think Correct. we should start with 10. Mm-hmm. And we, I'll go like I'll and go. And we 10. each give ten. Yeah. we each give number ten, I'll and then each, number I'll go nine. 10, you and go so ten. On. You go down like that. And I won't spoil it by saying, "Oh, you have that person ten. I have them so and so." Right. But right. we can, yep. if you really want to react to someone's thoughts afterwards, you know, because like, say for example, you have someone ten that I have four, like fifth or sixth. I'll get to why, you know what I mean? I, I kind of, you know, we'll kind of go that way. Yeah, once we get to that point, then you can kind of comment more on yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, if I you want. You. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. As we're talking. Our, I'm going to piss people off right off the bat, so this should be good. I, I don't think I'm going to piss that many people. It. I, it's funny, as I'm doing this, I second, I, I'll explain a lot more, you know, in my head, the way this it works for me. It's weird. You know, of course it's weird because it's me, but um, I, I'll just go. I, I, well, I like, if, if I may. um. Oh, go ahead. I would say this is for me right now, as of today, on this moment, I have like all things considered to what they've done in their careers right now to this day. This is my this is my top ten. Okay, perfect. I was gonna say the the way I I try and evaluate it, it's impossible. It's you know, it's obviously this is your super subjective list. Yes. What I what I try and do is just try and combine to the best of my ability overall talent at the position. Uh, production on the field, leadership quality, uh, what they did for the sport, uh, wins, and uh, and then stats. Yeah. So to me, it's kind of a factor of all of those things. And, Agreed. And, you know, hopefully you can and strike preference. a good mix. There's just preference too. I yeah, think. And preference, absolutely. And, and like, and I, we texted each other last night before we got into this. Just again for our listeners here. Listen, you know, I'm 30. Dan just turned 30. I, I I never watched Otto Graham. I I I got I never watched Sid Luckman, and 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 I mm-hmm. get it. And there's some lists you see like the NFL Top 100, like they're on that list, and they may be people that deserve to be in the top 10. I think that's for someone else who has a better grasp on their careers, like a Bill Belichick, to argue versus me. So I'm not going to ever say that that's right or wrong. That like like you know, but I will just say. Yeah. Um, when I me, think the more the more time that you allot, yes. Now you're now you're you're putting more parameters on things. Yes. What we said from the get go was Super that this Bowl is going to be Super Bowl era. Yeah, all right. Super Bowl era all quarterbacks. Right. Um, Otto Graham definitely would probably be a top ten quarterback on the list. You know, with ten championships. Yeah. Uh, you know, incredible, <laughs> incredible career. Yeah. Sid Luckman, for sure. Some of those other guys. But we're going to keep this to Super Bowl era to make it more concise and easily digestible. All so. right. So here we go. So I'll get it started. Number 10 for me is Steve Young. Steve Young uh, is a guy that when I think of what the modern GM is looking for right now, that that's it. Like Zach Wilson, Kyler Murray, the Russell Wilsons. These are the guys who are a lot of the ways uh, – Patrick Mahomes in a lot of ways. Uh, similar size. You know, Steve Young, 6'2". 
uh, you know, uh, about 215, 220. I mean, that's Patrick Mahomes. Like, real just fluid athletes. Um, they play the position with some recklessness, uh, with a little bit of gunslinger, but are really heady players. Uh, Steve Young obviously had a huge benefit uh, with coaching, talent around him, learning from a Joe Montana, uh, you know, getting him away from Tampa, Three Super Bowls, obviously, you know, behind Joe Montana for two of them. So, you know, really one for himself, one Super Bowl MVP. Steve Young, though, two-time MVP in the regular season. A three-time first-team All-Pro. Steve Young also is a guy that had uh, three second-team All-Pro selections. And we talked about, Dan, a lot how important it is to distinguish like Pro Bowls versus like all pros. You know, we talked a lot about that during the Pro Bowl vote when it was coming out. Pro Bowls are great, but all pros, I mean, that is literally one guy gets that spot. So if you have multiple all pro seasons, uh, for example, his um, three-time first-team all pro, John Elway's only got one first-team all pro. So in a guy in his era and Steve Young in the uh, from 1985 to 1990 Young, shorter career, shorter time when he was dominant, shorter period of time when he was the man, um, you know, only the only the 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 33,000 passing yards, uh, seven-time Pro Bowler, 43 rushing touchdowns. He's a guy that, in a weird way, I could see myself moving people I'm about, I have right now ahead of him off the top 10, but maybe consistently keeping him at that number 10 spot. Does that make sense where – the like just honoring the what he brought brings to the position mobility wise leadership wise mm-hmm. the way he handled following a legend um you know and, and again multiple mvps three first time all pros uh steve young comes in at number 10 for me gotcha well you know and i if it was someone i had on my list i wouldn't give anything away but i didn't i don't have steve young in the top 10 uh for me now he's he's right outside he's he's you know, he's one of those guys I factored in and was trying to find a spot. One of the honorable and, mentions. Uh, you know, yes. And, and, you know, just weighing all of the factors, it was hard for me to get him into that tier based on some of the other qualifications that, you know, I thought maybe elevated some others. You know, part of it was just longevity of the career. And, you know, that's not it's not his fault. Um, you know, he had to sit behind Montana for several years before he really got his shot. Um and he had a lot of talent around him too. You know that's something that you know can't be ignored. But you're right. I mean, he he certainly uh, paved the way in a lot of ways for kind of how the quarterback position uh, is today. And um, you know, he certainly deserves to be lauded as one of the greats, uh, one of the best of all time. Just misses out on the top ten for me. All right, n- number ten for me, Mark. And this is we're jumping right into it. I have Drew Brees at number ten. Okay. Uh, for me. Um, and, and for me personally, I, I don't see this as a slight to Drew. I, I just think everyone in the top 10 is incredible. They're all incredible quarterbacks, and the top three are, you know, amazing. Um, but Drew Brees, uh, for me, the 172 wins cannot be ignored. That's an incres- uh, incredible feat uh, to win that many games in your career. 20-year career, 60% win percentage. 68% completion percentage. He holds, you know, the all-time passing yards uh, record. He's second in touchdowns. He's first in completion, second in attempts. Um, you know, the the reason I think that got him 
to number 10 for me. And, and the reason maybe that he's not a little bit higher on this list is some of his shortcomings in the playoffs and, you know, only getting to the one Super Bowl. He did win it. Um, but, you know, with a lot of talent, uh, played in a dome, played in some poor divisions in his time, he has kind of taken on that underachieving arc over his entire career. Um, at the same time, he's an overachiever based on he, he's not the prototypical quarterback in any way. I mean, he he is the guy that's the short quarterback that didn't deserve um, or that didn't get the attention that he deserved uh, coming out of college, went to Purdue, was a standout there. But, uh, you know, San Diego wanted to move off to, uh, off of him after a few years, and he resurrects his career in New Orleans. Uh, an incredible um, mentor to teammates. They, they all say that, that he's one of the best leaders uh, that they've ever been around. I think his leadership elevates him above so many other quarterbacks and, and some of the greats of all time. He has 53 game-winning drives in his career. That is way more than most. I, I'll tell you that much, and we'll get into that as we get down this list. Uh, 13 Pro Bowls. He's a, a one-time first-team All-Pro. Uh, he did win Offensive Player of the Year a couple times, and of course he had that Super Bowl win in Super Bowl 44. I think all of those accolades, I mean, Drew's legacy speaks for itself. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, an incredible talent, someone that absolutely meant so much to the city of New Orleans, helped bring them back from such a devastating Hurricane Katrina. I mean, they're going to remember those seasons uh, of the New Orleans Saints forever. I mean, he he literally made history, not just in the NFL, but in the city. And, and that has to be respected and lauded. Uh, and that that should be taken into account. Here. I gotta say, I'm um, already fascinated so, to see the rest of your list goes because I I have yeah. I have Drew. I will say this: I have Drew Brees on my list, and he's he's certainly higher. I, than, I, I imagine you have him fairly certainly higher, higher yeah, than so, ten. Um, that's for sure. Look, what it boils down to me is I, I find that a lot of his stats are inflated. Uh, he played in a not only in a dome, but he played. In, in a system that was so much predicated on literally just getting as many quick completions. Yeah, there's as a lot possible. of seven and, and nine you know, Drew Brees seasons in there. There are, there are. Yeah, yeah, and and um, there's a lot of short seasons, but and a lot of high stats. And I and I just think at the end of the day, there are nine other quarterbacks that if you were to ask me who do you want quarterbacking your team right now, I would pick them ahead of. Them. All right, and that's not you know it's top ten all time in a hundred plus years of history. I I still think that. Um, that, that's a pretty good. Point. No, I agree. I agree. All right, I'll go on yeah. number nine for me, John Elway. So Elway's a guy that in a is this makes sense? It's weird. He's a guy where I would quickly remove him over removing Steve Young, even though I have Elway ahead of Steve Young in my list eventually. Okay, does that make sense? It's I, right now though. I feel like if all things considered, John Elway two Super Bowls. He was two and three in Super Bowls. Remember, that guy got to five Super Bowls. He won two towards the end of his career. Now, the one he was the MVP in, uh, you know, Terrell Davis and certainly that defense and other ways, uh, the run game led them to a, both of those Super Bowl wins. But John was the ultimate competitor, uh, you know, b very much the prototype quarterback of uh, of today as well. Big 6'3", 220, rocket arm, uh, a comeback guy, kind of legendary but, you know, there was, with John, a lot of those, you get Super Bowls, but you keep losing, and that that certainly dings you. I also don't know how much I love John Elway personality-wise, leadership-wise. 
Uh, but John got himself to Denver, and he's never left. And he's really been the Denver Broncos. He is like there is there's certain players that are a franchise. John Elway is the Denver Broncos. Um, and, uh, you know, on top of it, he is a Walter Payton Man of the Year winner. Uh, now, again, only one first-team All-Pro, two uh, second-team All-Pros, nine Pro Bowls. The, why Elway is lower on this list and I think easy, would be easier for me to remove is that as more guys come up, uh, you know, especially like eventually current players who I think have a chance to be in this top 10, a Mahomes, a Russell Wilson depending on where the careers go, spoiler alert, they're not in my top 10 right now, and I'm okay spoiling that, is that Elway just in an era where where you you see other guys who did compile bigger stats, his stats weren't necessarily – I mean, he is hand-in-hand hand with Marino, and he's 10,000 passing yards less than Marino. Now, he won a lot more than Marino, but just pure talent alone, I never – I think John Elway – He's very great, all-time great, but if I'm going to be nitpicky, uh, I have him at nine, and I see him as a guy that when I think of all-time greats, he's less of the forefront of my mind, and I think it will be easier for me to move on from him in the future of my top ten than it would be a Steve Young, if that makes sense. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but he, he certainly is a unique figure in NFL history, uh, starting with the draft, really, huh? But, but yeah, no, I mean, your, your point's well taken. There are, you know, aspects to his game and, and, you know, things where maybe other guys just have better stats in general. And, you know, he was, his style was definitely different. And, you know, it, I, I think at the end of the day, you can make an argument that it's, it's a preferential thing. And, and is he on you your know, list? Some guys are right around there. He is in my all list. Right, so, we'll, so I won't give away right. uh, just yet where I've got him. Number nine for me, Marcus Fran Tarkenton. Ah, okay, um, okay. And I, I like he's one of my favorite players of all time. So I, I will, I will lay that bias out right now. Um, but the reason I have him here is that you know Fran, his winning uh, isn't something you think about at the forefront. He's one twenty four, one oh nine, and six in his career. So just a fifty two percent win percentage. Um, and I, I do think wins matter. I, I just don't think they're everything. The way he played, Mark, you could argue there are few players that absolutely transcended and changed the position forever uh, than Fran Tarkenton. I mean, I don't know if I would even consider Tom Brady someone that necessarily changed quarterback. No, no, no. Um, in terms of the style which he plays. But Fran Tarkenton, you could absolutely say that. I mean, Fran Tarkenton is the reason that the Doug Fluties, the Steve Youngs, the Russell Wilsons that came after him, uh, you know, had their day um, in the NFL. And so I think that's a huge thing to not be overlooked. But on top of it, Fran did have the stats. I mean, he, oh, yeah. he finished his career as the all-time leader in almost every passing category imaginable. And, and that is um, that's something that you can't say about a lot of people. I mean, Drew Brees just retired. And while he's in the top three and four in most categories, he's only the top in, in two of them. Uh, Fran was in the top in literally like five or six categories. It'd be uh, yards and uh, touchdowns, uh, wins at the time. I believe, or actually, no, it wasn't wins at the time, um, but completions, attempts, all of that stuff. Uh, the guy ran around uh, like nobody else. Uh, he made plays on the fly 
unlike anybody had seen at that position before. And he got to three Super Bowls um, and, and being one of the only offensive weapons on his team. Granted, he had some – the Purple People Eaters were fierce yeah. defense in an era where defense ruled. Um, but he was their offense. The guy was running around all the all day for his, for his life and uh, was able to to have a winning uh, playoff percentage, 6-5 and five in the playoffs. He was 0-3 in the Super Bowl, and that does ding him, and that's why I have him at 9. I actually think I would have had him higher had he had a Super Bowl victory. Um, but he's a, he, he won a league MVP. He's a nine, nine-time Pro Bowler. He was a first-team All-Pro as well, and he had 33 game-winning drives. Uh, 47,000 career passing yards, uh, obviously, I mentioned was the most at the time of his retirement. That, that's a lot for someone that played in, in the 60s. And um, 342 touchdowns. That's a heck of a lot as well. And he did it, you know, with two different teams and then ended up back in Minnesota at the end of his career. I think if you look at his him in totality, he is just someone that's so entrenched in the history of the league yes. and won't ever be forgotten because of how much of a pioneer he was. That's what gets him on this list. So he is on my – he's like just outside looking in for me. And I, and I think – I agree with everything you said. I think Fran Tarkenton is one of those guys, if you're young and you don't know Fran Tarkenton – like I certainly didn't when I was young. You start you start to watch enough NFL, hear the name. You got to watch the highlights. Go, go back and spend some time. Watch some of those great NFL film stuff on Fran Tarkenton. The, the dude is an all, all time legit. I I my my one caveat in why I left Fran out was I said to myself, I value Super Bowls so much, and yeah, winning yeah, I Super Bowls I think is is the one step like quarterbacks. Quarterbacks and like great NBA players, I do think is NBA is unique in that way. Championships do matter a little bit extra. Mm. We're talking about the best running backs of all time, best defensive backs of all time. I don't care about Super Bowls at all. Now, unless they're part of, unless they were an MVP in a Super Bowl once or multiple times, I'll certainly add that to uh, certainly bump them in their ranking. But I I would say if there are two players that I find similar in everything else, except one lost three Super Bowls, but and one only went to one, but won that one. I'm taking the one that went to three I get Super that, Bowls and that's very valid. Because I very think valid. that's harder to get there. I agree. No, uh, there, There's something to be said for winning I, it, but, yeah, I, I mean, I just, your, your point's still well for taken. For me, when I'm ranking these guys, I was like, I can't have two non-Super Bowl winners on this in my top ten. So I mm-hmm. I have one, and it's not Fran Tarkenton. And so I, I love Fran. Okay. All-time great. And uh, if you're young and you don't know him, uh, look him on up. All right, so number eight for me is a guy that it's really hard putting him this low. But I do have to be honest with myself about just talent, my eyes, the people that are play the game now versus when they played the game a long time ago. But I will never, ever have this guy not in the top ten. He's a guy I would remove people in front of him right now to make sure he stays in the top 10 you would have to do so much in your career to get ahead of him uh in the top 10 and that's johnny unitas the original johnny football he comes in at number eight i i hate that he's this low and i just want that known but i will also say this like a lot like with steve young i i feel like johnny unitas is eight in my list he's always going to be eight no one will take eight from him you either have to be that much better where you jump him or I'm going to move the 9 and 10 spot to sneak you into the top 10 because you're not taking Johnny Unitas' spot. 
Again, for the young listeners who don't know, Johnny Unitas was a guy, started his career in 1956, ended it in 1973. He has more passing yards. Hold on. I, 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 I want to make sure I get all this right because I wrote it, and I don't want to shortchange Johnny Unitas. He has more uh, – bah, 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 Johnny Unitas. He has more passing yards than Kurt Warner, the guy who was the greatest show on turf. And think about all those, those incredible years throwing the football for Kurt Warner. And more TD passes than Joe Montana. And he played from 53 to 73. He is an all-time tough guy. All-time just like story guy, like his life as a human being. 40,000 yards passing. Not only that, he has he does have a Super Bowl. So he did win a Super Bowl. Three NFL championships. So I would say him a four-time winner. And you talk about is like an, an all-time great. Three MVPs. He has more MVPs than Aaron Rodgers. Yep. More MVPs than, uh, than Dan Marino. More MVPs. Then, uh, then John Elway, three MVPs. He's a Walter Payton Man of the Year, five-time first-team All-Pro. Five-time first-team All-Pro. Yep. That is more than Tom Brady. So when he was great, he was the greatest in his era. He was the NFL. Three-time second-team All-Pro, ten-time pro, uh, ten pro bowler. Little small for today's NFL. 6'1", just under 200 pounds. I think he would have been a slightly bigger athlete in today's NFL, a little heavier, thicker. Uh, guy could move. I hate him. I hate that he's at eight, but I do have to like just my brain says, Mark, these other guys in the talent and the throwing, um, that's where it's at. But I will say this Johnny Nice will always have the eighth spot on my top ten. I guarantee you that. I I have him uh quite a bit higher on this. And that's list. valid. That's um, valid. And um yeah, and I and I don't think we'll I'll get much uh pushback from you on that one. Um so, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about him when we get to him on my list. But I, it, it is quite incredible what he was able to do. And you mentioned 20 seasons. We think today about how old Drew Brees is now retiring and how, how long of a career. And it's like, wow, these guys are playing just forever. He did that for 50 years ago. Yeah. A 20-year career in the NFL that was on, you know, relatively Without unheard of medicine, at that position. Guys were smoking cigs in the locker room. I mean, yes, and was <laughs> and was putting up numbers that put every other guy in that era and before that to shame. I mean, he was the guy. It was like, holy crap, who's this guy slinging the football? Uh, and well before, I mean, his his numbers are better than Joe Montana's. Uh, you know, in in a lot of ways. He's right there with Joe Montana. Joe Montana only has 300 more yards passing than Johnny Unitas. That's insane. Johnny, yeah, Joe Montana started insane. in the league six, year, uh, six years after Joe uh, Johnny Unitas retired. So it just goes to show you what Unitas was. For younger people who may not or think, oh, stupid old guys can't play in the league, Johnny Unitas deserves a spot in the top 10. 100%. I mean, he and, uh, you know, for – a lot of people consider him to be the greatest of all time still. And that's you know, fair. Just because of what he did, and, and I get why. You know, I, I still think. Someone like Belichick you know, probably does, yes. Right, right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Although I think I think Belichick, um, I think he thinks like Roger Staubach or something. I know he's a yeah. huge Staubach yeah. fan, and I think he, he may think, I mean, that's, you know, neither here nor there. But um, so uh, what are we? We're on number uh, eight, eight, right? Uh, number eight. Okay, so number eight for me, Mark, is 
Um, and and this this was tough, but I I don't think you'll disagree with me too much. Um, I, I have John Elway at number eight, so okay. only one spot where well, you had him at nine, yeah. right? So so I mean we're 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 pretty close there. Um, for me, uh, what, what's impressive about Elway, um, and, and you touched on a lot of it, was you know what he is known for, and you know obviously we talk about a lot of you know his ability to kind of run around uh and 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 do things on the fly you know big ben has said that you know he he's you know his greatest idol um and that's why he wears number 7 but john elway for for all he did what what sticks out to me the most is his ability in when the team needed him more than ever he almost seemingly was able to deliver consistently 31 comebacks in his career 40 game winning drives and obviously he's known for the drive um but John Elway was the fourth quarter king he was the guy that when his team needed him you know before the Tom Brady's and and before the Peyton Manning's like John Elway was the guy that you didn't have to worry if your team was down uh, with three minutes to go or a minute and a half to go because John Elway was going to take you down the field and get the win. And I think, granted, he lost three Super Bowls, but he got to five Super Bowls. And that's that's really hard to ignore. I mean, the guy got to five Super Bowls, and he won two of them. Uh, super impressive resume from that regard. And, uh, you know, 64% win percentage in the league. He's 148, 82 and one. I mean, the guy just, the guy won a lot of games. And um, I, I, I take all of that into account. Plus when he came out, um, he was one of the first to really say, you know, hey, I'm not playing for this team. I don't want, I'm not going to go and play for Baltimore. Uh, so either you figure out what's going to happen or I'll go play for the Yankees. I mean, uh, and and he was one of those guys that was just talented enough to be yep. able to make those types of threats. But uh, he kind of put that on the map for NFL players to say, whoa, like I can actually do this. Like I can stand up for myself and, and pick a destination. Now, obviously he was, he was a cocky guy and he, he, he brought that arrogance to the position and there's something to, you know, uh, to, to be said about that. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, he was a leader unlike many uh, in which guys just, he made guys better and won games that they weren't supposed to win because he had, he put the team on his back and you just think about those final two years, you know, where he was kind of on his last leg. And you think about that dive near the goal line against green Bay when the team needed a conversion and John Elway yeah. gets the helicopter dive. Uh, a lot of what I think about when I think about this list is, what are their like even the just as basic moments. as it is? What are their highlights yeah. like? What do you think about when you think about these players? Can you envision a highlight? And and for me, John Elway, you could think of a lot, and, and that's that, that's a big part of his legacy, and uh, that's why I have him at number eight. And you can make a case for a couple spots higher or a couple spots lower, but that's where he lands. Yeah, me. I think we both agree. He's he's one of those guys that he, uh, I'm going to talk about tears at the end, and I think there's. Three mm-hmm. defi- I think there's three defined tiers for me, but there's many, many tiers you could go by. But like when you're talking about in a top 10 uh, or a top like 15, 
quarterbacks of all time, there's three tiers. There's like, and and the very point of the top of the tier, it's just one person. And I think, I think we both will agree with who that person is at the end of this list. And then, sure, then there's, sure. then there's tier two, which I have for my second and third place guys. I think they have separated enough. And then there's that tier three where Elway belongs in that tier three. But if I had to, like, if you, you could only have five guys in tier three, He'd be that guy towards the very end of tier three, not at the very beginning of tier three. Does that make sense? Uh, so we'll Absolutely. I'll, I'll yep. talk about that yep. towards later. All right, number seven. And look, he was pre- he was pretty reckless of a player yeah. too. So you know, he he had he was not you know, a stat his, monster his in the way negatives. that other guys were in that sense. Even though he yeah. is still ten all tenth all time passing yards, Rodgers will pass him in the first game next year. All right. So yeah. uh, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, coming in at number seven for me is Aaron Rodgers. So. This is, I think, one of the controversial things. Uh, people will either say this is ridiculous, he's this low, or it's crazy, he's this high. I think <laughs> Rodgers is a guy, four, th- it's weird, three years ago, if you would have said Rodgers seventh, people would have been like, you're a hater, he's top five, he's top three, Aaron Rodgers, oh my God, he's unbelievable, to quote, quote Colin Coward in my fake Colin Coward voice. <laughs> he... Yeah. But I, I really do believe I, – I don't need to sit here and tell you how great Aaron Rodgers is. We all bleep and know how great Aaron Rodgers is. In pure talent alone, he is in the top three all time. Probably top yeah, two. Yeah. Where Mahomes We're in goes, agreement there, you know, for sure. You know, it like, I mean, purely arm, mobility, size. But there are some things that have kept, I think, knocked Aaron down to seven. And I think he has he's going to have a really hard time cracking the top five. If he doesn't show that in the last five years of his career he can stay healthy, because health has been a problem for him, if he he has got to, in order to move up, this is what I'm talking about moving up. So I'm I, at this point I'm only talking about the negative things because I don't need to talk about the great things with Aaron Rodgers. We all know the guy's insane. the The reason why he's not higher for me are are these things. The past couple of years, health's been a real issue. He is not a great leader. He's just not. I'm sorry, but you can watch guys like Tom Brady, the fire, the passion, the intelligence which they play, the Peyton Mannings, Joe Montana, other guys. Aaron is a – he gets sulky. He throws shade. He has the relaxed comments. He's funny. He's quirky. He's odd. He likes to make weird comments. He, you know, and he's just not a guy – he's honestly like a more talented Jay Cutler in a lot of ways. He's moody. He can be out there, and th- those are things that that I do think affect his leadership. I think the other reason why he's lower on this list for me is so health, leadership, and honestly, just this last year, you win your third MVP. You're one for one in Super Bowls, and you're one Super Bowl MVP. You have home field in Lambeau Field. You have your your new coach. You have an elite wide receiver, an elite running back. You've been to nine Pro Bowls. You're a three-time first-team All-Pro, and you lose at home. And I get it. This Tampa team was very good, but no one's going to sit here and say this Tampa team, unless they run off another two Super Bowls, is an all-time great. Like, the defense played very good, but no one's comparing them to the 85 Bears. No one's comparing them to the 2000 Ravens. Aaron Rodgers has a lot like Drew Brees that you mentioned, has lost some really big games or has not been in enough big games. He has only won one NFC championship. I mean, that is that is a knock on Aaron Rodgers for getting higher on this list for me. Again, 
Seventh all time is nothing to scoff at. And I'm and I can already tell you, I guarantee by the time he retires, because he's gonna retire before a lot of these other things move. When he retires, I will say it probably right now, if his career just kind of trajects out the way it will, probably not another Super Bowl win, maybe a couple more NFC championship games, more stats, more touchdowns, maybe another MVP. Even if he doesn't do all that, just stats alone, I'm going to move him into my top five. He'll be five, but he'll be into the top five. Right now, as he stands, stats, all things considered, he's seven. I'm knocking him. I want to see more big wins or at least playing in those big games more. Get to another Super Bowl. That'll, that could jolt him up into the top four. That you know Those are the type of things for Aaron. He's so close, but he's had a really rough, couple of years injuries the head coaching thing and now losing big games to where I'm sorry he's coming in at number seven for me and he's an all-time great I have him ahead of John Elway who's got two Super Bowls I have him ahead of Steve Young I have him ahead of Fran Tarkenton I have him ahead of Johnny Flippin Unitas who you know I love so I love Aaron so I don't want to hear all this Mark's just a Paris fan he's hating on Aaron Rodgers I have him higher than all those guys I really like why he's not higher, those are my reasons. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I have him on this list, of course, as well. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk when we get there uh, more about that and kind of what I agree with, what I don't All right. uh, agree with as much. But I, th- I think for the most part, uh, I'm with you on this front. He just, you know, hasn't gotten over the hump. And uh, and he's underachieved, yes. uh, given his talent, and I co- given how good of a quarterback he is. Like, you put him on the se- the, the Steelers of the 70s, he should win six Super Bowls, yes. you know, with that talent. But you know, he, the fact that he's only gotten one—that you gotta, you gotta wonder. I think, sometimes. and I think, I and I'll say this there. when I get to Tom Brady. But I think one of the greatest things—I'll say this now—the you most. Oh, so you have Tom Brady on? This <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is yeah. What you're, you're you're tipping your hand when okay. when you the the most unique thing about I think that Tom Brady's done legacy wise for the whole of NFL in the last year is clearly show me that. You know what? Bruce Arians, is Bruce Arians that much better of a coach than a Matt LaFleur? Or was he that much better? You know what I mean? Like, it goes to show all these other guys are getting knocked now for not winning more. Like, your attitude, who you are as a player, matters just as much as a lot of your surrounding things do. Aaron Rodgers has had one. And it's one of those things where, if you're just talking talent, if I'm only if the only thing I'm considering is talent, he is in my top three. And so mm-hmm. how that that then goes to show me he's got some real issues if it's only one Super Bowl appearance and he's working with an organization that's considered a top five organization in the NFL. I don't think anyone right. would rank the Packers as a bottom half, or even a, a, even maybe not a top 10 organization in the NFL. He, they're in the top 10, certainly. So you haven't you haven't been to the big game more. You haven't even been in N- more NFC Championship games. That's an issue. And now health is starting to show as an issue as he's aged, where other guys, as they've gotten older, I mean, health, it's it's been less of a miss. So there you go. All right, moving on. Yeah. I, I'm staying in Green Bay with number seven, oh! but it's Brett Favre. And, uh, okay. yeah. I love it. I, I have Brett Favre here at, at number seven. Um, <laughs> this is where you know, it's going to get fun. He's top five all time in, in several categories, including yards, touchdowns, uh, all of that good stuff. Uh, 13 and 11 in the playoffs, Mark. One and one in the Super Bowl. 
Three-time MVP, 11 Pro Bowls, three-time first-team All-Pro, and he has 43 game-winning drives as well. 62% win percentage, 186 to 112 in his career. There's not much I can say about Brett Favre that isn't already blatantly obvious. The guy was the definition of a gunslinger, was someone that was going to live and die by his brand of football, and it was backyard football, and that's what endeared him to so many fans and to uh, just casual viewers of the NFL as well as someone that just went out to play football. The guy loved the sport, and you could feel that through his play. And, um, you know, that was really cool to see as a young fan, especially watching him in his older years. You know, a lot of people want to get after guys that just won't hang it up and won't accept, uh, you know, defeat or just accept the fact that they can't play like they used to. But at the same time, I, I think it's admirable for a guy who just loves the sport so much and doesn't want to give it up. And, you know, he had his most productive season with the Vikings at the end of his career. I mean, the guy was, you know, on the precipice of another Super Bowl at the end of his career. And he's won a ton of games. He's thrown a lot of touchdowns, thrown a lot of picks too, but that's part of what made his play. And I mentioned the highlight reel type of moments. There are a few high, highlight reels as compelling as an awesome to watch as Brett Favre. I mean, you just watch him running, rolling right and flipping underhanded, uh, you know, touchdown throws, uh, you know, going the opposite direction. The guy made plays, and that's what's so awesome about him and why he was so much different than most other quarterbacks, even the ones that we've talked about on this list. He had aspects of, of John Elway to him, but he had the arm of Dan Marino, and he had the clutchness of of a John Elway in the fourth quarter, but also you know of uh, the precision of a uh, Joe Montana at times as well. But he combined all of that to where, you know, he was reckless at times, but could put it on a dime, uh, you know, when he needed to. And so that's why, I mean, he's such a com combination of so many quarterbacks. It's fascinating to me. And I know that, you know, there are definitely cases to be made. I could be persuaded uh, for him to be much higher on this list. Uh, and, and, you know, I'll make the case later when I get to the other quarterbacks why I thought that I would take others ahead of him. Um and part of that is just the overall reckless nature. And, you know, he's never going to be one that you considered that dissected the defense with his mind at the line no. of scrimmage. Um, but his brand of football was awesome, and he won a lot of games and uh, and was just a fun leader. Uh, he definitely had that leadership quality about him as well. So I, I have uh, Brett Favre at number seven. I could be persuaded All right. otherwise. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to politely no comment this one because I, I just I, – I, I uh, I don't want to I don't want to tip my All hand right. too much, but I I do agree with a lot of what you said there. We both have Green Bay Packer quarterbacks at number seven. All right, uh, going in at number six now. So here's where I think six through three. Well, really, I think four. I think seven through three. Uh, uh, four for me. These you know are now. It's a little bit of preference. I'll say. I think all guys, if you want to move around the order with them, I'll understand it. Uh, but this is just, for me, my preference. And so for number six, I go Drew Brees. So this is the first thing that's kind okay. of real contentious, I would say, for us, where 
You have Breeze at 10. I have Breeze considerably higher at 6. Why I put Breeze higher is uh, really based on the fact that I I agree with you. As I said when I commented on it, there was plenty of 7s and 9s, and there was uh, plenty of times where Drew Breeze, especially here in the last three to four years, ended his career with bad home playoff losses. And I get it. People want to argue about the bad call. Those are still, you're at home. You had the better team. You won more games. You can't let that happen. You know what I mean? I get the Minnesota Miracle one. That was on the road. But a lot of these, you know, the other ones at home, bad playoff losses. And he really did tail off poorly. He didn't age. While he didn't get hurt necessarily like Aaron, like missing seasons, his injuries, and he's really did tail off late. But the numbers are staggering, and and I know it's an it's part of an of an inflated NFL. But the one Super Bowl, one Super Bowl MVP, two Offensive Player of the Year wins, uh, that is 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 something to be noted as well because he doesn't have an MVP. But those are in a, it can be a pseudo MVP. They're about seventy percent of an MVP, especially for a quarterback to win it. He's got a Walter Payton Man of the Year. He's a Comeback Player Man of the Year. I think that's another point I want to stop and talk about. I mean, he had an injury that, even at the time, was one of those where it's like you just don't come back from that. You don't, and you don't, you don't go back. You don't then go on to have an insane career post an injury like that. Uh, he overcame a ton of that. He took the dumpster that was the New Orleans Aints and the bags on the head. They were with the Lions, like, I mean, the only fr- – and the Browns, where it's like, you wear bags on your heads, and those are the three franchises you do it to. That's like that's like their thing. And now, I think we'd all agree, the Saints are, is with Sean Payton, with that organization structure they have, like, that's a solid organization. That's an organization that a lot of people would want to – it's a football culture, a football town. He, he was the, the guy who turned that around. You know, one first-team All-Pro, four second-team All-Pros. I do think that's worth noting. While he was rarely and never considered the best in his generation, behind Manning, behind Rodgers, behind Brady, he was always right there. And he is um, uh, the 13 Pro Bowls. I mean, it goes to show you, he was always right there, always in that conversation in a time where I think this has been over the past 20 years, two decades this is the golden era of quarterbacks, and it's now it won't end. Those quarterbacks are only going to get better. And I do think Drew Brees, you know, his mind, what he does in the line of scrimmage, he has the third greatest, I think, offensive quarterback football mind of all time. I think that really weighs into me for his preference. And I think, like you said it best, if you're going to say to yourself right now in their prime, you're building a team and you're going to start a quarterback I would take Drew Brees in his prime with that mind at, at the position right now ahead of the four other guys. It's really tough. And I will say this. I Brees, because he has got the Marino numbers, but he does have the Super Bowl. And he, and he, he went to two. Um, no, they only got to the one. They only... No, no, you just went. You to just the went one. to yep. the one. Just so, the one. and and I mean, he, and he and he prevented Peyton Manning in Peyton's prime from winning that one. Um, I don't love that Drew Brees hit six. I got to be honest; he's a guy that I'm not going to like die on the hill. Again, 
I think Rodgers will eventually pass him. I would rather have Johnny Unitas in my top 10 in 20 years probably than Drew Brees. Does that make sense? Like, Drew is a guy. Sure. And like, But I, I do think right now, all things considered, the numbers are so staggering. And, I mean, the 5,000-yard passing seasons, for a guy whose favorite team has never even had a 4,000-yard passing season, that's still not easy to do. Let's not just think that's easy. I get it. It's the NFL. But even Patrick Mahomes, I mean, how like – how many guys have had 5,000-yard season? It's not easy to do. And he, the longevity yeah. of the career is one thing. And the turning around of a historically bad franchise, I think, carries a lot of weight compared to Aaron Rodgers right now, who's come into a great situation. And, again, the um, the leadership qualities, the teammate qualities, are things that I, I, take, I take really into consideration. Drew Brees at six. Again, I'm not willing to die on the hill that he's at six. I, I just right now, that's that's where I have him. Yeah, I think it's just a, a matter of uh, preference at that point for us because I it's hard for me to get over the inflated stats type of thing. I I, I get the five thousand yards is hard to get regardless of what system you're in because you know people have been in in uh, systems that are favorable to the offense as well and haven't been able to do that. So I'm not I'm not trying to downplay that success, but I think. Over a 15-year period, when you're constantly working with a Sean Payton system, and his whole thing is, well, we don't really need to run the ball very much. We just pass, pass, pass. Get quick completions. That ramps up your completion significantly. And, oh, yeah. you know, a, a lot of those, you know, it, it favors you and it puts you on a trajectory to be number one all time, a trajectory that Matt Ryan is on currently. Yeah. So, and I don't think we would – even consider Matt Ryan a top 20 quarterback of all time. Maybe we would. He'd I don't know. I mean, fringe, by the end of his career, very possibly at the top 20, uh, you know, possibly. Right. Yeah. But, but that would be a stark contrast yeah. from where his stats suggest. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I, 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 like I said, so. I looking at this now, I, I could easily be argued that drew should be lower. And I, again, I yeah. do think Aaron will jump him very quickly. As soon as Aaron's, you know, retired or in another year or two, we changed this up. I, I really could feel that way. I do, I think right now the stats loom large. Eventually, in five, ten years from now, the stats will not loom nearly as large as the Super Bowl wins. And I could honestly see him in ten years from now on my list being behind Elway, Young, Unitas, Rodgers. You know what I mean? So, I, yeah, again, yeah. I, I, I'm not willing. I, I don't, you know. It's just for right now, those stats loom large and his presence in the NFL, his mind too. I do, I do think that's so important. I mean, he's a guy that just knows the game so well. You rarely saw Drew Brees, especially in his prime, from, you know, that 2007 to 2017, that 10-year stretch, when he was just putting up ridiculous numbers, you rarely saw him make like, wow, that's a stupid decision. He has no gunslinger yeah, yeah. in him, but... And I, and I take that into account, as you'll see coming up here. But but I, I just – the mind is – it's a beautiful mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. It is. It really All right, is. your number I, six. I like the reference. My number six is is Aaron Rodgers. All right, okay, and there you go. So, so we have these guys close. And, you know, I have obviously Brett Favre seven, Aaron Rodgers six. That was a tough one for me because, you know, they're both Packers, both similar in certain regards. Um, I just think if I were to, if I were to have, if I wanted a quarterback, you know, the, the leadership thing is, is the one that's tough because obviously, as you mentioned, that's an area where there's a lot of question marks, 
but his talent is so incredible. And, like, the highlights of, of throws he can make are things that we've never seen anyone do ever, including Patrick Mahomes. Um, he, so, has the, he has the Hail Mary uh, highlights. Like, that is he his has the highlight. Hail Mary highlights. Uh, to me, the greatest throw that he's ever made was the throw on the sidelines to Jared yes. Cook in the playoffs, what, three, four years ago. When he's Against rolling Dallas. left, throwing across his body uh, in a must-have-it moment and throws an absolute just perfect ball on the sidelines. Only he could catch it. I mean, it's incredible. Um, 65% career completion percentage, uh, 412 touchdowns to 89 picks. That's just – I can't even fathom that that ratio. I mean, it's a 4-to-1 ratio. Um 11 and 9 in the playoffs, but he's only 1 and 0 in the Super Bowl and that's another knock on him, of course, as you mentioned. Three-time MVP, uh one-time Super Bowl MVP, nine Pro Bowls, three-time first team All-Pro, 25 game-winning drives. He has all of the stats to go along with a 126 63 and 1 uh career record. I, the guy wins games. He wins a lot of games. 66% win percentage. It's um, you know, it's among the tops in NFL history. And his talent combined with his productivity on the field has to be taken into account. In t- and, and that's why I, I have him outside the top five because of the lack of success combined with his talent. Yeah. His talent suggests that he should have multiple Super Bowl victories, at the very least multiple Super Bowl appearances, and he hasn't been able to get there. And that's why I put him outside the top five. But I think I would take him over a Brett Favre, over a Drew Brees, based on the talent alone. And his precision combined with his rocket arm, it's its one of those unique things that I don't think we've seen. You know, Brett Favre had, had the rocket arm without necessarily the precision in the intermediate game. Uh, he had precision on the deep ball, but not necessarily yeah. uh, intermediate game. Aaron Rodgers, and, and maybe, as I mentioned before, you know, Brett Favre with the, the Joe Montana and Dan Marino elements, I... Actually, I'd say it's probably more apt to say Aaron Rodgers has the combination of the Joe Montana with the Dan Marino because he was Aaron Rodgers can be accurate in all areas of the field, but then also have the capability to hit guys 65 yards down the field on a rope. I think we agree. Um, I think I think the biggest thing with Aaron, I think that we both agree with is that. Right now, his only his problem is that, is that he just hasn't done he hasn't lived up to his own ex, the expectations of his talent. Yeah, and lack Patrick of leadership. Mahomes and, is going to have to fight yeah. this as well. Mahomes, as great as he's been, and is, is and it's insane. He's now set the bar like Aaron, where if you're just that good from just watching the game, we all have eyes. We watch the game. We we expect now multiple Super Bowls. We expect that. Or at least like like John Elway, his talent was that good. He was there three times. Yeah, he lost three, and then he finally won a couple at the end of his career as he was older, and he wasn't the main focal point necessarily of the team at that those points. So they both have this battle to fight, and Aaron would benefit yes. so much from a second Super Bowl win. It would be insane how much he'd benefit from. It would do wonders for his career, yeah. and it would it would catapult him into because that top honestly, five discussion very if easily. If Rodgers were me. to retire in two or three years from now and have a, some more numbers but never make another Super Bowl, never get another Super Bowl win, 
I'm replacing him with Patrick Mahomes when he retires easily. I mean, even if Mahomes never mm-hmm. gets another Super Bowl or Super Bowl wins, just because – and it's that type of battle that a lot of these one-time Super Bowl winners have to fight. It's like Breeze is on that line, too, where it's like, that's going to hurt you. All right. Um, I want to move uh, – Well, before yeah. before we go to number five, let's, let's go through our 10 through 6 really okay. quick. So, my – 10 for me is Drew Brees, number 9, Fran Tarkenton, 8, Alway, 7, Brett Favre, 6, Aaron Rodgers. And I have – That is my 10 I have six. Steve Young at 10, John Elway at 9, Johnny Unitas at 8, uh, Aaron Rodgers 7, Drew Brees 6. So we have three of the same players represented in 10 through yeah. 6. We have them in different orders. And I've already said, um, but th- those being Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and John Elway, we have as representation. And I've our, already uh, said, Fran Tarkenton is the guy from your list that I do not have on my top ten. All Correct. right, so yep. let, and I yep. let us move into number five. This is now, again, like I said, you think, oh, top five. This is the exclusive group, but really, for me, it's four, five, six, and seven are really a fluid situation. There, to me, it's a lot of preference. Uh, here's where I go, Dan Marino. I, again, I think so much of it's based off of highlights. You just want to, you want the guy, you want the man with the arm. I mean, he is Rodgers before Rodgers. He is Mahomes before Mahomes. The the reason Dan Marino, it, it, his stats again. I don't need to rifle off the the stats. You know them. You know the fifty, the sixty thousand yards passing, the sixty-one thousand yards. He did it in an era when, again, passing was big. But other Hall of Famers who were com- next to him, who were contemporaries, Warren Moon, John Elway, Joe Montana, they didn't put up nearly the numbers he did. He was a numbers freak. He had an all-time top three head coach of all time with him, a very good roster that was built around him to win. He never won. And I told you, I preference winning. Winning is a big thing for me. Hence why Drew Brees is where he's at in a lot of ways as well. The one Super Bowl does a lot for me. But Marino is just one of those guys, when you watch it, when you watch the film, when you watch the tape, when you watch the highlight, the size, 6'4", big, strong, mobile, in the pocket, uh, tough, kind of an a-hole. Like, it just there's something about Dan Marino and then, I mean, obviously, you know, he was an MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Walter Payton Man of the Year, three-time first-team All-Pro. That matters. Those are the type of things. When he was there, when he was playing a long career as well, uh, five-time second-team All-Pro. So eight times in his career, in, 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 his, in his long career, so half of his career, he was considered the first or second best quarterback in the NFL. That matters. In an era of great quarterbacks as well, nine-time Pro Bowler, um, Dan Marino could very easily be lower, or I would even listen. If you're going to not have him on the top ten, I would maybe disagree. I think that's a little silly. I'd be, I'd, I'd, I'd argue. My argument for him would be the Aaron Rodgers, the talent argument. And again, I believe, like I said just two seconds ago, when Aaron is done, I will have him ahead of Dan Marino. When all things are said and done, I, I will because I value Super Bowls. But if you're just talking about right now, on this day, I'm going to keep Dan ahead of Aaron. Uh, I think they both have some character things, some uh, some stuff like that. Dan, um, the Miami Dolphins organization, they just never seem to really commit to f- 
fully putting winning teams in the field. He had dynasties to get through as well. I mean, that was brutal in the AFC and the NFC at the time in the 80s and 90s. It's, it was a dynasty-filled era. So he had that to compete with. Didn't win enough. Otherwise, he would easily be top three because the numbers in the era he did. If he had a Super Bowl, he would certainly be ahead of the guy I have at number four. Uh, love Dan Marino, just the highlights, the tape alone. But again, Dan is the type of guy, Marino, if this makes sense, even though I have him at four, I could eventually have him behind Johnny Unitas, who's at eight, because it's like, you know what I mean? Uh, when you when you talk about 30, 40, 50 years from now, if we, we revisit this, stats are going to keep going up for guys. Stats are going to be a thing. So the more a guy wins, the more that's going to value it as well for me where a Johnny Unitas would stay in my top 10 versus a Dan Marino if, you know, his stats are going to look bad if a guy like, uh, you know, a, a guy like, uh, I'm trying to think of someone, in, you know, if a Matt Stafford wins like two. Like a Dan Fouts? Well, well, yeah, well, he's. Oh, well, you're saying. you're saying No, new, but I'm yeah, saying, like, yeah. if Matt Stafford wins two Super Bowls here to end his career, that kills Dan Marino because Matt Stafford's just as talented. His stats will be right there with Dan Marino's. And he'll have finally, you know what I mean? Like, it, I'm not going to necessarily say he goes ahead of Marino, but those start to hurt the argument for Marino being in elite, elite cat category. I love Dan Marino. I have him at five. I could easily have him behind Breeze, Rogers, Elway, Young. It's a little bit more of a preference for me, he, but he's the type of guy that I'm not, I'm not going to die in the hill for Dan Marino at five. Preference-wise, talent-wise, in today's... Can you imagine a young Dan Marino in today's NFL? He'd be Justin Herbert, only more cocky, kind of big-headed, a little more flashy. I mean, it, it's just... Uh, it's one of those things where he didn't win enough to certainly be any higher on my list. And if that's why he's lower or not even in your top 10, I will value that. I'm not going to die in the hill for Dan Marino like I will my top four. Gotcha. Well, I, I, I have disagreements here. Um, I do have him in my top 10, uh, but I, I think, um, I think there are aspects to his career that just, you know, like beyond the stats, I just think like overall talent level and what, what he was able to do in that era against, um, you know, guys like Dan Fouts were putting up crazy numbers too, but not in the way Marino was. And, you know, the toughness at the position, too. I mean, the guy was very durable. He beat the 85 for someone Bears. That, you know, he took a lot of he's shots. He's the only one who beat the 85 he's Bears. He's the only and one. Think about that. And, the only and just one to think beat about the that in Bears. perspective. The guy threw for more passing yards than the Eli Mannings, these other guys, Aaron Rodgers, all these guys who put up crazy numbers. And he did it when defense could still play defense. I mean, you watch the 85 yeah. Bears highlights. That's the peak of Dan Marino. That's like the middle of Dan Marino's career. Like so, I, I agree with you there. That that alone, the fact that he's the only one to beat the eighty-five Bears, that that's something in itself. And you know, in nineteen eighty-four, a five thousand yard season, you know, that's it was unheard of. Yeah. You know, and and so, um, you know, he had several four thousand yard seasons and the five thousand yard one, and he did it relatively without much help on the offensive side of the ball. So that's, I mean, that that's certainly something to take into factor as well with the talent that maybe was lacking around him. All right. Number five for me, Mark is Johnny Unitas. And that's where right. I have him. I, with how, with how often he's referred to as possibly the greatest of all time, I had to put him in top five primarily because of what, uh, what an overall pioneer he was for the position. The guy that really revolutionized the passing game in the NFL. He, he was someone that opened things up 
in an era that was still very much predicated on running the football, but he was a guy that threw 40,000 yards in his career and retired in 1973 with the most yards, the most 3,000 yard seasons, uh, the most touchdowns among many others. Uh, six and two in the playoffs. Uh, he won Super Bowl five. He lost Super Bowl three. He got to suit two Super Bowls. You mentioned the championships earlier as well. Three time MVP, 10 Pro Bowls, five first team all pros. I mean, the guy was the NFL for such a long period of time. And, you know, his 55% completion percentage nowadays doesn't look no, great. But, but back then, it's pretty solid. Considering, beyond solid. I mean, they were you know, throwing that's really, really good. one-bar yeah. helmet, I mean, guys. I mean, it's insane. Yes. it's um, that. That's a very, very good. And, and his win percentage. The guy won so often. He won all the time. 118 wins to 63 losses, four ties. 64% win percentage. I mean, this... There was so much parody in the leagues back then. And they played less games, too. He was so the you, guy that dominated. You think about 4,000-yard seasons, it. it's less games in a season. They weren't doing 16-game yes. regular seasons. Right. 12 games, 14-game seasons. And um, Johnny Unitas just absolutely struck fear into opposing teams because there was no one else like him to game yeah. plan for. He was someone that carved you up in so many ways. He was super smart. And he was a guy that was willing to run it too. Like he, like I'm not. He wasn't a mobile dude, but he he kind of reminds me of Aaron Rodgers in that regard, where he's like way more athletic than people give him credit for. And so, uh, and to play against tough teams like he did in those days, um, you got to give him credit. Played in cold weather for the vast majority of his career. Tough dude. And the Steelers drafted him and got rid of him immediately. <laughs> I know. And uh, I'll uh, I'll always remember that, certainly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even those years when Earl Morrill came in and made those playoff runs for the team, he's the reason they got yeah. there. He was the reason that they made those runs. Johnny United is such a staple in the NFL. And on top of it, he had 38 game-winning drives. Uh, you know, so just everything, all things considered, uh, Johnny United has to be there for me in that top five. And, um, you know, I, I find it hard – to like you said, kind of guys that are stuck in place. I think Unitas will be stuck there for me for quite yeah. some time, you know, until we maybe get another few that transcend the position um, and to, I, to and work I their think, way in. And here. I think that is why I went eighth. Cause I think I'll always be able to swallow a guy who played in the fifties and what he did. Cause it is insane. What he did being like eighth and being okay with it. Cause obviously so let's just be like, I mean, all things considered, like, I don't even like to say, well, if you gave Babe Ruth today's training and all that stuff, it you cannot really compare it. It is so yeah. fast. And, and let's be honest, Babe Ruth wouldn't be doing the training. Tyreek Hill so. is, could be in the – I mean, he's he would he, – if you took Tyreek Hill back to the 50s, he'd win every Olympic medal in running. I mean, it's like – Yeah. It's just sure. a different – it's different. So I agree with you. You're not going to get any complaints. How you me. stacked up against your yeah. contemporary? You're not going to get a complaint against me, Johnny Unitas. I could easily have him at five. Again, I'm just kind of for me compartmentalizing as far as just in, right now. If I'm building a team, um, I certainly may take him over a Marino, just or something like that. It's just pure leadership mm -hmm. or a Breeze or Rogers. But um, it's hard to just say, hey, well. I'm going to go – I'm going to take him over Aaron Rodgers for – like, you know, when you see Aaron and what he yeah, does in today's yeah. NFL, 
It's tough, but Johnny Unitas deserves respect, and I'm glad we both have him in there. All right, number four. And this is the last spot of mine that to me is debatable. The top the top three are the top three. And I I don't want – I'm going to get very contentious with you in the top three. If your top three are not my top three. <laughs> I, I imagine we because will, Because yeah. the top three to me, it's so obvious to me the top three – that it's hard. It's it, it like this guy though is the next. He's the front of tier three. Does it make sense? So I said tier one is its own tier. Tier two is two guys. Tier three is everyone else I've talked about so far. And this guy is the front of tier three. Brett Favre. And so I'm a. I I, I was wondering if people were going to think like so much of this again. It's preference. If you look at Marino. Breeze, Rodgers, Elway, Young. Take Unitas out of it. Guys who relatively played in the same era, the NFL, for the most part, was fairly the same. Favre had the advantage of staying a little bit later. Breeze, obviously, is in the passing era. Rodgers as well. But Brett Favre is kind of that, almost the bridge the gap guy between Young, Elway, Marino. He played against them when they were in their primes. He was at the beginning of his prime he then played against Breeze and Rodgers, you know, in, in a sense, and and Manning and Brady and all those guys when they were young in their prime, when he was in the heart of his prime. This is why Brett Favre's four for me. If you go into the dictionary and you look up Gunslinger, there should only be one photo, and it's Brett Favre. Brett Favre, two Super Bowl appearances, he lost to John Elway, so lost in his Super Bowl a lot like, you know, Manning's Super Bowl loss is to another all-time great in Drew Brees. You know, in the saying, a loss to an all-time great in John Elway. He is a three-time NFL MVP. One-time Offensive Player of the Year. Three-time first-team All-Pro. Three-time second-team All-Pro. So, six of his years, he was considered the first or second or second best quarterback of all time. 11-time Pro Bowler. His numbers are basically Aaron Rodgers' numbers. It's creepy, him and Aaron Rodgers, how similar their numbers are. You laid it out. They really are, yeah. It's weird how similar they are. But he did get to the second game. He got to the second Super Bowl over, and Aaron didn't. And Brett, while the picks are way more than Aaron, his demeanor, sideline, the teammates having his back, who he was, I think all of that is head and shoulders above Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a better student of the game. Aaron Rodgers reads defenses, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw picks on purpose. Part of Aaron Rodgers, I think, not throwing picks, as he knows, his legacy is the no-pick guy. Brett Favre's legacy is, I, I just listened to him on part of my take a couple days ago. I don't. He was joking about how he almost he was trying almost at that point in time trying to set the record for most picks in a playoff game with six, because he knew that he had to throw and he's just going to take chances and, and and go for it. Brett Favre also had to deal with Cowboys dynasty, the end of the 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 Niners dynasty. He had to then deal with the NFL changing quickly in the 2000s into an elite passing league. And then dealing with the Brady, dealing with Manning, deal, like Favre is is a is a time capsule for so many eras as well. And then you talk about the longevity, the toughness, the number seventy one thousand passing yards. That is a plateau that even Rivers, who's a guy we just talk about as a stats guy, 
didn't get close to, 7,000 yards away, you know, 10,000 more yards than Marino, 10,000 more yards than uh, Roethlisberger, you know, 13 more than Manning. All It's like, so not only does he have these stupid numbers, like he is in that stupid number category, stupid longevity, style of play, who he is as a leader. I mean, I remember, I a lot of it's nostalgia too. The day his dad died and then that game against the Raiders, Brett Favre is is the last of the gunslingers. He is the gunslinger, and he's the final person of a generation of NFL quarterbacks where the NFL was different, where the NFL was 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 uh, you can't be that anyway. But a lot of it's political correctness, I think, in a lot of ways too. A guy like Brett Favre is not exactly a politically correct guy. Um, I think Brett Favre, and I'm saying this as a Bears fan, I would choose him right now over Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron again has the chance to leap all those guys I said. He still is there. He still has the chance. But right now, I would still take Brett Favre over Aaron Rodgers. I'm a Brett Favre guy, preference guy in that regard. I got a soft spot in my heart for Brett Favre. I don't know why because I hate his guts. I would just sit there as a kid and scream at the damn TV. But when you watch that and you realize it so much, you also just got to respect it. And I just I, I think Brett Favre is one of those unique NFL characters as well. And there's only three guys right now in NFL history that I would choose to be my starting quarterback ahead of Brett Favre. He's a legend, you know, and obviously we have some disagreement there with three spots, but it's a few spots. And I think, you know, we can agree. Most, most of us can kind of argue for a few spots here and there. So it's I'm not, so fascinated. I don't think it's, an, I don't think it's like I outrageous. Know the, num- the names that are left. Wait, who was your number five again? You had, you had Unitas. Johnny United. I'm so I'm tracking your I'm so I'm this this name is so fascinating to me because this name that you're about to spot out to me separates if we're gonna hate each other for the next uh, the top three or we're gonna or there's gonna be <laughs> so we're, yeah gonna be we're not, I don't think this is gonna go too well. All I don't right, think it's gonna go I'm too excited. Well. Here we go. Uh, number four for me is uh, Joe Montana. <laughs> wow! Uh, the right, reason no, no, yeah, that is not the yeah. name I was expecting to hear if we disagreed. Okay. Okay. So uh, to well, me, that means wait, just like just wait. That means you like Marino more than Montana. You said Marino's in there. That's correct. All I right, do. I'm going to let yep. you speak on this because I think I this is to this is fascinating to me because you already know if you've been listening okay. how much I value winning. W i n n i n g winning. Um the the reason that I. Uh, come to this conclusion is uh, is a lot of the reasons why I don't have someone like Terry Bradshaw in here. Uh, the, Terry Bradshaw won a lot of games. Yes, Terry yes, Bradshaw was four and zero. Yes, Super he was. Um, as was Joe Montana. Um, Joe Montana won seventy one percent of his games. An incredible feat. One hundred seventeen to forty seven losses. Uh, one hundred seventeen wins to forty seven losses. Um, you know. His stats at the time were very good in terms of his accuracy uh, and touchdowns to interceptions, 273 to 139. But he threw for 40,000 yards. Uh, you know, he didn't. his stats didn't really knock your socks off. You know, it didn't get you out of bed in the morning. But what he did, well, he was a winner. And that's, that's a big, big thing in the NFL. And that's what, what, what puts him inside the top five for me, clearly. Um, I think the combination of an incredible – supporting cast probably one of the best we've ever seen in history with uh the greatest receiver of all time and jerry rice coach and completely underappreciated 
uh, running back uh, in Roger Craig. Uh, coach, he had, uh, you know, a phenomenal defense that may be underrated because of how good the offense was. Uh, so there were a lot of things working in his factor, but that shouldn't take away from how incredible he was at engineering the West Coast offense and bringing that to the forefront uh, with Bill Walsh's scheme. Uh, two-time MVP, three-time Super Bowl MVP, eight Pro Bowls, three first-team All-Pros. None of that can be discounted. It's incredible. 16-7 and seven in the playoffs. The guy won at the big stages. Um, what, what, what puts uh, Montana outside of the top three for me is not just the fact that, you know, his stats didn't rise to the level, perhaps, of his contemporaries, because I don't, I don't put all the emphasis on stats. Uh, it's because of the combination of the incredible supporting cast that he had. And it also comes to the fact that, do I think the people ahead of him could have done the exact same thing as he did? And in my view, you put Dan Marino in that 49ers system, and I not only think it maybe looks a bit different because he's much more deep ball guy, and I think they that he's able to get bigger plays out of it. I think he I think Dan Marino wins four Super Bowls with the 49ers. I don't think Joe Montana wins Super Bowls with the Miami Dolphins. So I don't think you insert Joe Montana in Dan Marino's place and all of a sudden it elevates the Dolphins to the level that Dan Marino couldn't get them to. But I do think Dan Marino has a same level or similar level of success that Montana had with the 49ers in Bill Walsh's system with Jerry Rice and with these with these guys. I think Dan Marino's biggest downfall to winning wasn't Dan Marino. It was the Dolphins and his supporting cast. And that's why I have I have them so yes. close together in this. So list. can I ask you then but, but that's and that's with with the Terry Bradshaw thing. I think if you put Joe Montana on the Steelers, they win four Super Bowls there. I think if I think if you put Big Ben on those teams of the uh, 70s that they still win four Super Bowls, which is why I I think, yeah, Terry Bradshaw won a bunch of games, but he also completed 50% of his passes and was, you know, one of those guys that was a, a you, you win by the sword, you die by the sword type of thing, and that's why I don't elevate him to the top 10. Uh, so that's kind of the same thinking I have with Joe Montana, with Dan Marino. Dan Marino had 30 more wins Dan Marino had 20,000 more yards passing. He had nearly 200 more touchdown passes. So there's, you know, it, similar similar winning styles, just not in the playoffs. He didn't have that productivity in the so playoffs. So can I ask you then, is Marino, th- is Marino three? Marino's so, three. So, that's, so, this is, so this is the argument here because now this is what's fascinating to me. So – your your argument then I want you to then go straight because basically then go straight into your number three. The thing that elevates so, yeah, Dan now, Marino for now, me so is number the three for you is Marino. So then let's get to it. I want to hear it now like this because I want to let you go kind of back to back on this because that to me is yeah. that to me is the discussion here because I have Joe Montana three so I will then rebuttal that if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Now I, I understand that. Yeah. So. I have Dan Marino three and and what I, what I think I mean I think these guys were super close like I I the, to me this was a diff, the most difficult um, portion of the list because I just couldn't get over Dan Marino's overall talent at the position and 
it's hard for me to evaluate. And, and, you know, perhaps this is because I didn't watch Joe Montana in real time. And I, and I'm more close to the Dan Marino era and, you know, have maybe seen more overall games than I have of Joe Montana playing, but I think I've watched a fair amount of both. And I think the overall talent of Dan Marino is more than Joe Montana. You ask me which quarterback do I want quarterback in my team today? I would start with Joe, with Dan Marino over Joe Montana. I would I want that talent if I'm assembling a team of some of the greatest players ever and we're just talking about you can you could put together the best supporting cast around said quarterback. What quarterback are you throwing the football to these receivers and running backs? Dan Marino for me is a better overall quarterback than Joe Montana and I don't think the winning in term like outside of the postseason Dan Marino still was 147 games. You know, Joe Montana 117. Dan Marino played longer. He had a a, a much more durable uh in terms of longevity in the NFL. He was there for longer. He was uh a more tough quarterback uh in, in my mind. He had some of those things, those elements that maybe brought him ahead of Joe Montana at the forefront here. They have very similar they're both three-time first team all pros. Yes. Joe Montana has eight Pro Bowls, Dan Marino nine. You know, Joe Montana has two MVPs, Dan Marino has one. You were splitting hairs. But Joe Montana has 28 game-winning drives. Dan Marino has 47. And when we're talking about a guy who had fewer overall impactful wins, he had he was the reason that his team won 20 more times than Joe Montana was. So I think that, you know, and we'll probably be splitting hairs here at the end of the, all of this. That that's what elevates Dan Marino for me is his overall talent yeah, level. So in my in, and and he has the in stats. my rebuttal to this because I have Joe Montana three. I'll say this: while I, I tend to agree with you, and I and I I hate to play the what if game. I my struggle with Marino and putting him any higher is that Marino, while yes, he was the and I just said it. I love Dan Marino. Evan five uber talent, like the uber uber talent. He had Don Shula. Also, he he didn't win more MVP. Like like if like it's one of the it'd be one of those things where it's like I can understand the like the like the next name I think we're both gonna say at number two with Peyton Manning. Like I understand people can be like hating on that, but when you the argument you make for Peyton Manning, I think is also then the argument that hurts Dan Marino is that Peyton Manning had five MVPs. Is that in an era, yeah, where he wasn't winning Super Bowls more? It's hard to win Super Bowls. Super Bowls, as we know, take incredible team efforts, top to bottom, great organizations, great ownership, nailing drafts, signing key free agents, making good trades, all time great quarterbacks. It takes a lot of things, strong line play. Winning Super Bowls is hard, but it's not like he won more. It's not like Dan Marino was just. Well, that guy's clearly, you know, the best thing in the league for this. Like, he, he had contemporaries who you would argue were just as good at times. And Joe Montana, th- so that's my little bit of a knock on Marino, is just says, I would have wanted more MVPs. I would have wanted more all-first pros. I would have, I need, in order for me to say, all right, the zero Super Bowls, 
zero appearance, you know, the one appearance, the zero Super Bowl wins, or at least not even multiple appearances. Like, he wasn't 0-5 in Super Bowls. You're just like, guy's got no talent, but he's carrying the roster. Is that with Joe, he had everything, yes. But as we saw with a Jimmy Garoppolo last year, two years ago, you had everything, and you can't get it done. There are, like, Joe Montana... Four-time Super Bowl champ, three-time Super Bowl MVP on a team that had the all, you could argue, just purely football players. Jerry Rice, there's the argument to be made. He's the greatest football player of all time. On a team with him, on a team with Joe Walsh, Ronnie Lott, these all-time greats, Joe Montana was still the guy who made the right throw at the right time, made the right read, could make all the throws. Still a very talented quarterback. Joe Montana, I would argue, is this still the type of guy, the talent he had, the knowledge for the game, a little bit less mobile, very much Tom Brady. I mean, him and Tom Brady are so close in just how they play the game in that sense. They don't have the rocket arm. They're not going to run the 4-4-40. They're mobile enough in the pocket, but his extremely accurate uh, winners, making smart decisions, seeing the field. I think all those things benefit Joe, and yes, it does benefit Joe, that Joe had everything around him. And yes, Steve Young going on to win a Super Bowl still with that same organization with those things. Different coach. Um, same, you know, getting to, you know, like there's things I can I can understand that. But for me, it comes down to, and again, it's splitting hairs. I, in order for me to ever have Marino above Montana, I would need way more individual success that just goes to show purely, because I didn't watch a ton of Dan Marino. Fuck, he, re- he retired when I was nine. So a lot of it is highlights. Right, right, yeah. I would need more historically looking back. Wow. Like, a kid who's born today can historically look back at Peyton Manning. When I'm about to talk about Peyton Manning and be like, oh, dear God, that man, for portions of the league, I mean, there were just years and years of dominance and years and years of, we know it's not necessarily his fault to why he's not winning Super Bowls. And Ta- and Marino has some of that. He doesn't nearly have the level that a Peyton does to where I'm going to put him over a guy who was four for four, three-time Super Bowl MVP. It's not like he was just carried and he was chopped liver. And, three, you know, the three-time all-team, first-team all-pro, eight-time Pro Bowl, he's got enough of everything else. It's not like he's just his four for four Super Bowls and that's it. Like a lot like Terry Bradshaw is, and that or the Troy Aikman argument's another great one as well. When you talk about purely winners, Montana has enough of the special quarterbackness to where I think if you put Montana on those Dallas teams, they win. I think you put Montana on those on those Steelers teams, they win. Do you put Philip Rivers on those teams? Do they win? I don't know. Dan Marino maybe because he is a special talent. So again, splitting hairs. I'm I'm not gonna I, I I'm not I'm not angry or think you're crazy. I'm just that's that's my argument for Montana in that spot in that elite uh, prestigious top three. I I get it. I mean, it's like I said, like there are, you I could be persuaded either way. I just don't like. I'd have to give it more thought. I guess I I I kind of racked my brain yeah. about where to put them initially. Um, you know, and maybe, maybe more time and, and overtime that will, that I'll hey, adjust I get it. that, um, I don't see putting Dan Marino much further. Um, but 
it really at the end of the day, like I said, like it it just boils down to not only like talent, but like the moments for Dan in Dan Marino's career and the highlights showed more of his overall talent as a quarterback. Whereas a lot of Joe Montana outside of the catch was just just watching, you know, Jerry Rice run 50 yards after the catch or and, and we're it's gonna not, need to it's interview not like i'm not i'm not trying to make it sound you no. know like like i'm downgrading no, it is, Montana's, what like, it is one rank to yeah. do it but it, it's yeah it's just it, it is just that uh, and, for us and, those two different things but i think our one and twos are the exact same yes it and, like. and you so, know what? and i and and so again i've been making this i'll go number two it's peyton manning is that he's your number two as yeah. well obviously that he's my number two and, as and well. here's yes. the thing obviously this is someone someone who's hearing this list right now if you're listening and you're in your 60s and you're as diehard of an nfl fan and has been following as much as we have your whole life as we have our whole lives you may be sitting here saying that's crazy joe montana uh, or whoever deserve or Unitas deserves to be ahead of Peyton. You know, wins matter more, uh, oh, and I get it. Winning does matter. I still. So here's my. This is where I think the only where it gets slightly. Wait, can, can I touch on that because I, I think I'm gonna. I think it's a good point you yeah. made right there, though. Like win, like winning does matter, and it and it certainly should not be the end all be all because if winning was like the primary metric for how good a quarterback is. That we would say like Archie and, Manning's like the one hundredth best quarterback, yeah, and I or auto like Archie Graham, Manning yes. is, yeah, Archie Manning is is very is should be high. Like he's probably top twenty five, maybe somewhere. And in again, like that's, he's, he's a really that's good quarterback. Why he just never that's won games. That's why it is preference. I do value winning right. a little bit more than talent in the sense that, you know, if it, you have a hundred percent of a pie to make your preference, winning is probably. You know, forty percent or thirty percent. You know, thirty-five percent versus for me, maybe it's like more like thirty percent for you, where talent might be more. And this mm-hmm. is Peyton is the Peyton is the exception for me in the sense where I would still right now, if you had to tell me you are building your dream NFL team to the best NFL team you possibly could, I would st- I would take Peyton Manning number one. But he's not the greatest quarterback of all time because you just cannot argue with what Tom is doing. But I, but when, uh, what, but that's weird to say because you're saying, well, how can you take the guy who says not the greatest of all time at number one? Because if you're just talking about building a dream team of the best possible team to go 16 and 0 every year, Peyton Manning is that guy. Peyton Manning is that guy. He is the smartest NFL quarterback of all time. He is the size. He has every throw. He doesn't. He doesn't have the arm that Elway or Favre or Marino or Patrick Mahomes has. But I think he had just as good of his arm in his prime, in those prime years that Tom Brady ever had. Tom has lasted longer. Tom has taken care of his body. Peyton's body is very different from Tom. Peyton, if you just look at him, small shoulders, kind of an awkward guy in a lot of weird ways. He's not necessarily like Tom, tall, broad shoulders. He's manipulated his weight and his mobility very well. But, I mean, you just cannot deny Three Super Bowl appearances, two wins, one Super Bowl MVP, five times. Five MVP. Five yeah. time <laughs> NFL MVP. And and then when you compare that to a Dan Marino who's got one NFL MVP, that's my thing with him. And this is like, this is where, so, and, I, and then you compare that to Joe Montana. Yeah, Joe's got the, the four Super Bowls. But 
when you're just, so that's where I do say winning versus talent. Talent wins out in this preference for me when you're talking about purely guy, purely guys. A Walter Payton Man of the Year, a seven-time first-team All-Pro. That is that was the one that stuck out that to me is too. More like that's that's than amazing. Tom Brady and almost double and and, and, and Joe Brady. Montana combined. So again, yep. those things matter when you talk about. Where these people rank, and I get it, Peyton is always going to have to battle with the fact that at the end of his career, he was a complete shell. And I mean, like Drew Brees right now, retiring is 10 times the quarterback that Peyton was when Peyton retired. But that does not knock the fact that he was still going at 39 and was and was a valuable part of a great uh, Broncos defense, and they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl without him because Brock Oswell, there's a reason why Peyton Manning, at 10% of who he was in his prime, was still better than Brock Osweiler. And that alone... Yeah, his intellect won his, several games, including in the postseason. That is Peyton Manning to his T, I mean, and, and his core. And and Peyton Manning, 14-time Pro Bowl. He was also a three-time, second-time All-Pro. So in the span of this man's illustrious career with those insane numbers... His numbers I value even more so than I do a Brett Favre's, than I do a, a, a Drew Brees's in a lot of ways, his his contemporaries, um, because of his pure, not necessarily being the pure talent that a Brett Favre was or having the dome and the systems that a Drew Brees did. I love Peyton Manning to death. I think he's a, I think he's, you never heard bad things about him as a leader, as a locker room guy. Uh, his contracts were were very good. He was always very well paid, but he was never it was never to the detriment of his team in a lot of ways. Peyton Manning, uh, he turned Indianapolis into a city where it's like, wow, they deserve to be a good city. I mean, it's not like he did anything. His free agency with Denver, I mean, they haven't been the same since. Peyton Manning um, is the quarterback I would choose on my all-time team as the starter. But he is not the number one quarterback on this list uh, because you cannot argue against the, just the totality of no. awards and the, uh, the longevity and all the other things that we don't even need to talk about, Tom, because Tom is Tom. And that's all you need right. to say. Yeah, I mean, we can, but, we can very, you know, briefly yes, like, talk but about I, Tom. I, but I, I, I do want to hear like your Manning, thoughts on you Peyton and why. Because I do think it is a little shocking to a lot of older generations that we would put Peyton above Joe. And 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 I I don't think it's shocking against a Marino, a Breeze, a Rogers, a Favre, an Elway, a Young, because he just has he's got more stats than them. He's got just as many Super Bowls. He's got the three Super Bowl appearances, so he's got that on Rogers. He's got a lot of those things on his contemporaries and the numbers on his contemporaries. So he's got all of that. Like I'll never put Rogers unless Rogers can get right, two right. more Super Bowls. Maybe then you argue he's in the Peyton class. If he wins another MVP, but he's got way more to be. That's why he's in that tier that's not Brady's tier, but he's not in the Marino, Favre, Breeze, Rodgers, Elway, Young tier. He's not in that tier. He's above that tier. It's this weird floating tier, and I put him with Montana, and I pair then the winning of Montana with the incredible individual being that Peyton Manning is, that they create tier two to me that's just above Marino, Favre, and those guys who are then at the elite of tier three. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. Um, 
I think the only argument one could make for Joe Montana is is those two extra yeah. Super Bowls. I mean, that, and, and and like the that two is extra the Super only Bowl MVPs that in those big games he was the guy. Sure, but that's really it because if you want to talk about accuracy, Peyton Manning completed sixty five percent of his passes. Joe Montana completed sixty three percent. You want to talk about production? Peyton Manning threw for thirty thousand more yards than Joe Montana. Almost double Joe Montana's career yeah. yards. Peyton Manning threw three hundred more touchdowns. That's the than staggering Joe number because yards are inflated, so, and and touchdowns right, are inflated. Right. But think about that. He threw three hundred. John yeah. Elway and I, John I'm rounding Elway, up considerably, but five thirty nine to two. John Elway has three hundred touchdowns in his career. Peyton Manning has three hundred more than Joe Montana. So again, yeah. and I get it. Stats are inflated. We talked about Drew Brees. That's why I didn't really go into Drew's numbers a ton. I think they, they you need to respect numbers. And look, Peyton lost two Super Bowls, and you know they weren't absolute routes. So if you want to talk about that, like we're. I mean, Peyton Manning could have very easily well, been the, now the, in, the, in Super Bowls. I, I, I guess, well, the route, yeah. That was the Seattle I, I was the route, say. but again, that was. Sure, you know, it was. And, it, but, and that, you do have to ding him, but. That's a fair You do point. ding for losses. But I would ding a, a, law, a Super Bowl loss is better than not getting to a Super Bowl. And that's yeah, why it's the yeah. same thing. And then, and then you factor in the the, the seven time. And that's how pro, like I feel said, you know, like as well. Fourteen yes, Pro Bowls. That's how that. I feel as well in the NBA when you talk about. I hate how people say, "Well, LeBron has lost finals." You you bleeping idiot! He's he's, got got, there, he's lost know, more why, finals like, than the guy you're trying to say is better. Who's that's better than him has been to? You know, and I get it. And so yeah. I, now I get it. That's a one and two. That's like LeBron. You only argue against. But I I think Jim Kelly, you know. Puts himself just outside much mine. higher yeah. into the hierarchies because of the four yes. trips. I mean, that's like that's that's not easy. That's incredible. No. And just because he lost, I'm not going to like totally fault him for like losing all four. You know, it's like yeah, you. Do, it's more about a win elevates you, but a loss doesn't drop you. Yes, but also think sense. about like a win helps push. You. Tom Brady would have. Tom Brady, look up right now as we're talking. Look up Tom Brady's AFC Championship game appearances. Tom Brady, the three times Peyton Manning went to the Super Bowl, he prevented Tom Brady from going. He has right, a winning right. record that's, against that's the too. GOAT and Bill Belichick in those teams because he did it with Indy and Denver in those teams. The, he prevented Brady from going. So when you look at Brady's career, you say, why didn't Brady go to more Super Bowls in the middle of that career? It's Peyton Manning. Like, he was that guy, too. So, Peyton will not be number one because no one can match what Tom has done, and and that's without saying. But he deserves to be number two. I have him slightly ahead of Montana, and I get Montana's argument. The thing that hurts Montana, in my eyes, and it's the same in your eyes, is the surrounding cast that Montana had, the continuity that Montana had, for his career versus a lot of other guys. But yeah, I, I mean, Peyton's incredible, but Thomas, Tom, dude, seven Super Bowls, five Super Bowl MVPs. So you think about that in those games when Tom Brady gets there. And again, he's, yeah, he's the he's reason been to not, he's lost two others. So, and, and in the one loss to the, he's lost three, he's lost three. Seasons. That's right. And the, and the, in the one loss to, um, uh, uh, to Philly, he was the best player in that game. 
And, you know, yeah. Coach Belichick deserves maybe some criticism for preventing Tom from getting that Super Bowl when he took out Malcolm Butler. You know what I mean? Like, there's that whole controversy that people forget about. Now, people want to say, Tom, well, what about Tom and Belichick and the cheating? Tom proved all of that is whatever it is BS and doesn't really matter. And I also think Tom hurts a lot of the theories of, well, the other guy could go to because he did it. And he did it at the end of his career. He didn't do it in the prime. Peyton Manning, towards the end of his career, but Peyton Manning was still like very tail of his prime. I mean, Peyton Manning's statistical best numbers were in seasons were in Denver. So Tom Brady proved that, you know, hey, Aaron Rodgers, hey, Joe, you know, to the Joe Montanas. And Joe Montana, I guess it's different too, but like, hey, Dan, El Dan Marino, I don't want to hear about, oh, well, you know, I was with the guy you consider the GOAT coach and the GOAT system. I left the system and went and immediately won another Super Bowl. Like, in a franchise, right. and he didn't do it with Pittsburgh. He didn't do it with uh, historically, the historically great franchises. He did it with the dumpster that is Tampa. Had a lot of talent, but it just goes to show you. So that's, again, Tom... It's just Tom. I don't need to argue for Tom. He's Tom. It's, he's incredible. It's it's truly remarkable. I mean, Peyton Manning threw 251 picks in his career. Tom has 191, and Tom also has 41 more touchdowns. And he's played longer in his more so games. Yeah. He's and he's played longer. He's 34 and 11 in the playoffs. I mean, in the playoffs. That's more than – we went over this, but it's more than like Manning, Montana, and like uh, Rodgers combined. Yeah. It is, yeah. Manning has 14 playoff wins. Uh, Joe Montana has 16. So that, that just gets you to 30. And then Tom's got four I more. Know. Um, it's it's unbelievable. He's only a four-time four first-team all-pro. I feel like that's, like, criminal. And a three-time MVP. But, I do think – I don't know if it's criminal. I really don't know if it's criminal. Because, I, again, it's my argument for why I think Manning is my starter on my all-time team. If I'm just, like – fantasy football and i need to create a team to be the bet be to like beat any other team ever is that tom as is as incredible as he is there were times where like peyton just the production in the regular season and tom being in new england they valued other things for so long and the way you played the game i get you i get and, you. but i i think if you value like who who meant you know more to their franchise, yeah. like I, I think we would agree. Like with, with the lack of talent that New England's had for the majority of this run, you know, Tom meant more to that because Tom didn't have a Marvin Harrison and a Reggie Wayne and a Dallas yes. Clark for a large period, or but, even an Edron James. I mean, he had he had Corey Dillon for like those early early years, and uh, obviously you can talk about he Gronk, does have three like, MVPs, which besides you know. Manning is tied. He's tied with Favre. Rodgers, Unitas with the three MVPs. Tom does have the two Offensive Player of the Year awards. That's more than Rodgers. Yeah. He has um, – uh, that's tied with uh, Manning. He does have the Comeback Player of the Year award. He did come back from that bad knee injury, remember. he The three first-time All-Pros, besides Manning and Unitas, he's tied with the lead or better than everyone else as well. Those are elite numbers compared to anyone else. But, but when that's, again – Again, it's funny how we've done this, but my argument, you make arguments along the way. My argument for Peyton hurts my argument for Marino. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just like things, like I said. Like, 
Yeah. If you're going to yeah. say wins matter, that's fine, but I will take some I will cherry pick some stats and some things and preferences. And again, this is all preference. And, and there can be a guy in his 60s out there listening right now who would say it's Brady Unitas Montana. Would I argue that much? No, I will die, but I will I the only pushback you'll get from me is I believe Peyton Manning his and Tom Brady and Joe Montana are my his uh, my top three. I don't see that changing anytime soon. I really don't. Uh, you know, I think Mahomes and Rodgers yeah. and Wilson are the only guys playing right now who can sniff that, and they have a lot of work to do to displace Montana, Manning, or Brady. Yeah. So that's. I mean, you know, we we pretty much have the same players uh in our top 10 list so that's that was refreshing to see you know some of the guys on the outside were the roger Staubachs for me the dan fouts the jim callies the terry bradshaws um you know some of those you know legends of the game as well just didn't quite steve young that that top 10 threshold steve young of well, course i'm fight for steve young uh, right I outside like there young. as well for me yeah yeah no i i, I like so too, for so. me i had well, other guys i just missed out warren moon was hard to say no to again he was yeah, and yeah. he didn't get the chance. It was so productive and, for and so he long. Didn't, you know, remember he spent a lot of his career not even in the NFL. So like, right, like right. he could have put up more numbers. Um, obviously, like I respect the autograms, the Sid Luckmans. We talked about that. Fran Tarkenton was right there for me. Those historic guys um, of the contemporaries who I would make an argument for that deserve right now to be in the top twenty. Like if we were going to extend this list to twenty, I would have Patrick Mahomes in that list. I would have Big Ben in that list. I would have Troy Aikman in that list, uh, and yep. I probably would have. I agree uh, I there. Pro- I, and so, like, and I would, I would argue that maybe even Eli Manning gets into that list for me. So those are the things. Yeah, and I, I think, I think Ken Anderson gets in that list. For oh, me too. okay. I, he's not even a Hall of Fame. Jim I, Kelly. He, to me, he's always been the guy that's snubbed. But, I, yeah. I honestly think trying to figure out the next ten, you'd get more of a debate in that. Uh, because yeah, maybe we could save that for like later it, on in again, the summer because that that would be a much more interesting list. You know, it's it's, it's harder a lot to, of preference to kind then. of parse then through. Then it's a lot names. of preference, I would yeah. argue, and 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 it really would be. And so uh, again, I I think I think the biggest yeah. thing for us is I've learned that I probably undervalued jo- Johnny Unitas and I overvalued Drew Brees right now. And I think I think I think those are the two things I learn from myself. Otherwise, I'm I'm pretty I'm pr- pretty damn good with, confident with my list. Yeah, I'm pretty confident too. I mean, the, the Dan Marino argument I think was the most persuasive uh, in in from from your standpoint. Um, so you know, maybe I overvalued him a little bit, but I still feel comfortable with uh, with that talent level and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I like I like the list too, and. Uh, We'd uh, love to hear your feedback, folks out there, the listeners. Uh, we're already if at you the two-hour mark. This, awesome. this You're flew the by. You're the yeah, best. Yeah. But this is yeah. fun. This, Thank you for reaching yeah, the end. This is fun. And uh, and you can trash us or support us uh, either way. Yep, yep. Check check us out on uh, you know Facebook and Twitter as we uh, you know uh, post the show out. And let us know on there kind of what you think of our list and where you agree, where you disagree. We look forward to your feedback. Uh, otherwise, have a great week, everyone. We'll see you back here next week with, I'm sure, plenty more to talk about as uh, tons of news comes down the pike. And, Mark, did you have something? No, I just want to say once again, um, Russell Wilson to the Bears. Can someone break that news ASAP? Better happen soon. (laughs) All right. We'll see you all next week.